Good evening, everybody, and happy May 7th. Welcome to the newest edition of the Long Live Junto podcast. I'm going to be your host, Coach. Tonight's lineup features our weekly reflections, our Junto origin question, a new segment called Am I the Asshole? We'll let you figure that one out for yourself. And last but not least, am I cultured or American? So please relax, sit back, grab yourself a drink or two, and enjoy the show. of the week so i would like to kick it off with beef as the first person tonight welcome so i'll start off uh, i'll talk about so i did softball um so we're in california for everybody at home but we uh it was we did our first week of softball back and it was uh i was telling um i was telling nightmare about i had a ton of anxiety while i was playing where uh, I grew up playing baseball, and I was, I'm a very confident player. I'm very confident in my abilities on sports, and like I don't, I just don't think about it. But I was playing, I was, I was playing re- like when I was playing Monday, I had so much anxiety, like almost like I don't want the ball to be hit to me, <laughs> and I, like I've never felt that. And I don't know if it's a combination of me slowly getting more and more out of shape, or if also I feel like uh, not being around as many people. Like mm. it was a ton of people. Like I, have, I to be honest, I haven't seen like besides being at austin and like that la like there was there was that but then it was like we were going places but where we were like moving around in austin so i think that was part of it whereas when we were out playing um softball i felt like there were so many people that i don't know if it was a social anxiety or i was just like i don't know what it was i and it's the weirdest thing so i had that happen uh i went over three and actually struck out which is pretty hard to strike out in softball (laughs) that does not sound like you yeah i was like sounds like you owe everyone a case of beer yeah, one of them. One of them was so bad that I, um, the one of the girls on our team, like who, I mean, I, I've literally carried that team multiple seasons where I was like batting like eight hundred or nine hundred and like amazing. I was literally like a lawnmower out out in or whatever, uh, whatever the Range Rover outfield. out in the uh, outfield. A vacuum. A vacuum. That's the the word I was going. But but man, I was <laughs> like over three. I struck out and I was like, and I had this like such bad anxiety where. Um, there's a girl on our team who's made multiple errors. She's actually the, the better girl on our on our squad. But I heard her like she's like, dude, he's like really sucking right now. And I like what looked at f- her, <laughs> and I was just like, I just like looked at her, and I was like, really? I was like, I was just like, just I was like, and I, I walked back, but her and her whole family are there, and that's what kind of sucks is like I'll play with, um, I play with the family. Uh, it's like a Mexican family, but they're very honest too. So if like you're you're really struggling, man, they're really honest with you. Whereas like I could literally shred and go like 900 again, 
and then they, they would suck like some of them would suck i never say anything to them like i don't yeah. i don't get on them so i was just like damn like i was like talk about hypocrisy like uh so i i, I just felt like um especially the girls they get away with a lot of like speaking shit to us and then I don't say anything back, but, uh, but I think the big thing was, man, my anxiety was so bad. And, um, but yeah, other than that, it was one of those just like, just like typical weeks we had, uh, yesterday we, I cooked with nightmare. That was really fun. That did some awesome. ribs, did some more ribs, uh, did some more spare ribs before we got here. Delicious. Uh, amazing macaroni that salad awesome. that, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Nightmare. Oh wait, no, no. Mama Nightmare. Mama Fuel. Nightmare. Mama, Nightmare. Mama Nightmare. Fuel, uh, uh, had the ingredients. Mama Fuel. Mama Fuel. And uh, that was really good macaroni salad. So She's it was a good week. Right and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm taking taking my mom out to uh, to uh, brunch tomorrow uh, for Mother's Day. So I'm pretty pretty nice. excited with that. And then uh, she's actually getting a new pup. So it's going to be funny. Oh, yeah, oh. Cosmo, Cosmo the second? Cosmo the second, yeah. His name's uh, Milo. <laughs> Oh, Milo, yeah. They so have one already, wow. or they just uh, have the name? Yeah, they're out. gonna get him on the 19th of May. So I'm driving down to San Diego with her to go get the dog, wow. and it's a, um, it's a like a Cuban. I don't. It's Cuban. It's Cuban. It's a Cuban <laughs> socialist. Cu- Cubanese or <laughs> Cubanese? Something. Cuban. It's bugging me because uh, here, let me see. Oh, that I sounds like a rare breed. Yeah. <laughs> Cuban, like Cuban dog. Are you sure it's not just a Cuban that's dressed up like a dog to escape? I put Cubanese. Cuba? I did put Cubanese here. Cubanese dog, <laughs> and a dog did pop up. Like Cubanese here. retriever. Oh, here it is. Havanese. 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 Yes. This Havanese. Oh, I, I do not have any of those. <laughs> yeah. So I was close. The well, actually, you know, what's always funny? in movies. Yeah. They, yeah. It's one of those. Like, uh, I wish we could put it on the. Uh, oh, one of those. It's yeah, a show where, dog. It reminds me of like a that. There's that um, on. Uh, Cartoon Network it's called Two Stupid Dogs yeah yeah and like he always had oh, his God. like and that dog always had like crap over his eye and that's kind of like this dog but um, yeah my mom went that route uh, after yeah after like she's like oh I really want to get a golden doodle like Walter and now and then she went up going this route but but uh, she she seems really excited and for Mother's Day we got a lot of like a lot of good stuff to um, a lot of the gifts are around surface around the dog and so that's we're gonna cool. Yeah, it's going. To, so I'm actually going to take a day off to go down with my mom to go get the dog. So we're, she's really excited, um, really, really pumped. Awesome. Yeah, it looks like uh, Mama. That's awesome. Freelance beef. How about you, Goichi? Yeah, she she called or she called it. Uh, for me. Havanese. Havanese. For me, uh, this week's been really busy with work, but busy in a good way. Uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a grind, but I'm so glad this week is over and. Oh man, I just take it day by day, week by week, but it's been good. It's uh, It was Star Wars May 4th, and then it was uh, Cinco de Mayo, so those are cool. Those are cool holidays. I had some drinks with my wife on Cinco de Mayo, just hanging out, chilling. Did you guys get Mexican some, food? Some tequila. Uh, did we? I think we made dinner. We made like oh, pasta okay. that night, yeah. Oh, it's the a... classic Mexican, <laughs> yeah, Mexican dish. <laughs> classic Mexican noodle. We didn't even drink tequila. I think I had Henny and she had uh, she had wine. So <laughs> the spirit was there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you just get drunk and you yeah. get full, right? Like that's yeah. that's a goal, right? Yeah, that's, okay. That's what um, I'm taking a mile for. But yeah, things. Happy things, for a mile. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but things uh, things have been good. I I can't complain. Um. I don't know, man. It's just like one of those things where uh, I'm just trucking along and looking forward to Mother's Day, going to visit my mom and family this weekend. Um, I think other than that, it's just been it's just been a really chill week. I know there's been 
a lot of events going on with hockey uh, lately and uh, surfacing around the Capitals and Rangers. And um, to each his own on their opinion. I what happened? I don't know what happened. So pretty much. I feel like, Coach, you can explain this a little better than me, but I would uh-huh. more, be more than happy to put my opinion on it after yours. But do, do you mind okay. just giving us a quick update of, of that event? Um, yeah, so it was, uh, it was a game between uh, the Rain- New York Rangers and the Washington Capitals. Um, I don't have – I can't remember or have all the information except for, like, the, the highlights and stuff that I saw. But essentially it was uh, a play coming towards the net and – one of the Rangers players, I believe it was Pavel Busnevich. Um, don't yeah. Yeah. you know? Murder me if I say it wrong, but um, he was trying to basically. I mean, essentially, he was trying to get the puck in. He was trying to stuff it in on the goalie. Uh, ended up getting laid on top of by Tom Wilson, who's a player for the Capitals. Um, big physical guy um, has had a lot of questionable hits and receives a lot of flack for his physical style in the in the league. And uh, he. Like laid on top of him, which is totally fine. Whistle blew, punched uh, Busnevich while he was basically like face down on the ice, like, and then everyone took exception to it. You know, people start getting in everyone's faces. Everyone, it's kind of like uh, that episode of South Park where they have like the bro off. Where it's like, you want to go, bro? You want to go? And everyone just kind of like piles on top, and then fists start flying in the air. And the star player for the Rangers. Um, got tussled up with Tom Wilson, which is not necessarily a, a match that I'd like to be in part of. Mm-hmm. And he just got his ass kicked. And Tom Wilson was just irate, kept going after him, uh, you know, kept throwing punches and stuff when he was down on the ice and just kind of like, it just never stopped. It was never like a, okay, cool. Like I won the fight. It just kept carrying over. And so uh, all in all, uh, everyone, I mean, everyone was like scrumming and fighting and stuff, but all in all, like Wilson got a, three penalties i think uh, a major or two at least you got a, a 10 minute misconduct uh and i think a major and a minor if yeah, i'm not like mistaken. he went right back out there after the 10 minute and then he got like another five minute or something and then another penalty after. yeah and then he ended up coming back and scoring an empty net goal <laughs> to kind of like seal the fate for the game but the rangers uh artemi panarin he is now out for the rest of the season which at the time is like four games um but he's their star player who's making, you know, a boatload of money. And everyone was up in arms like, oh, my God, like, it's he's out of control and this and that. And it's like he needs to be suspended. He got fined $5,000, which is the maximum allowable amount under the uh, collective bargaining agreement. And he did not get a suspension. Uh, he's already been suspended. I think it was this year he got a seven-game suspension at the beginning of the year for a questionable or for a bad hit or boarding call on somebody. Um and he's been suspended, I think, three times total in the NHL, and he's received multiple fines. That's the guy but that punched everyone was like while they were down. Arm. Yeah, and then he just like kept going at another guy after. It's kind of like an unwritten rule in hockey. Like, mm-hmm. you take him to the ice, and like that's it. Like, there's some spe- very special instances I think where it just keeps going if you've got like two big dudes going after it. But generally speaking, you get down to the ice and it's done, and you know the referees step in, and he didn't end it there but the, the yeah. fact that that guy got hurt everyone's like boohooing about the d- development of player safety like not suspending him and so the rangers got slapped on the wrist for publicly uh saying that someone was not fit for their own job yeah so so yeah i think for me i just think uh 
there's so many people involved here where they were all in the wrong. First of all, Panarin has no business getting in fights. Like, understand standing up for your teammate. But most of your team was already down there. And the star player and someone who's, like, you know, in a sense, like, you're considered fragile when you're a star player. Even Gretzky was considered, you know, like, the 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 untouchable one. Like, you, you touch mm-hmm. Gretzky, guarantee his goons are going to come after you and mess you up, right? So Panarin shouldn't mm-hmm. have been in that confrontation in the first place. But the unwritten rule, like you were saying, Coach, is, you know, he hit the ice, and he hit it hard. And then on top mm-hmm. of that, his helmet came off. And then, uh, you know, Wilson is still going after him as he's on the ground with no helmet. Like, that... I mean, that's a no-no, man, at the end of the day. Like, I don't care what, like, the the player, uh, the person, George Peros is in charge of player safety or whatever. Don't leave it up to him. You settle it on the ice. Like, that's the hockey unwritten rule, too. It's like, mm-hmm. your goalie or one of your players gets messed up like that, you better finish it on the ice. And, I, you know, there was a segment with Sean Avery, who used to play from uh, the New York Rangers, and he, he said the same thing. He said, handle it old school way. Take out their goalie. I don't agree with taking out their goalie. But I agree that you, you show them that you're not going to be pushed around and nor are you going to injure your, your star player like that. Um, take out one of their guys, one of their best guys. You know, Do the same thing back. Like Play that physical game. But mm-hmm. there, I, I agree, man. Like To me, when I see a player, like there's a difference between a goon and like a bash brother versus like a scumbag player. And like what Wilson did was like a scumbag play because when you go after players, in the, especially when you're going after their heads and – and they're already on the ground, and you're still trying to go after them, you're trying to end that guy's career. You're trying to end his family's, like, support system, you know? And, like, I know hockey players are way more classy than that. Um, so that's where I think he's in the wrong there. It's like when you're intentionally trying to put a player out of business and out of their career, you're 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 a fucker, man. Like, Damn. you shouldn't be doing that shit. So, Because yeah. there is an honor code. Matt, there would be times where George Peros, who's, like, the commissioner of player safety now for NHL, mm. he played for the Ducks, right? He was our our brute guy, our goon. He would get that was his job. all the yeah. He literally didn't even play. His job was to okay, George, go out there and start a fight. Like that yeah. was his job, right? Yeah, but gotta love hockey. There or was a prevent theme. or prevent one. <laughs> yeah, that too. But there was a theme with George Peros where like there would be instances where you could see him on the ice asking, uh, like he'd ask players first, like, would you have this fight with me? And like throw it down, right? And then after you'll see guys mm-hmm. like pat each other on the back and they'll be like, good fight, man. Cause they're doing it for their teams, right? Like it's, it's, it's like it's part of the lifestyle and like the way NHL was it's brought like up. Culture. It right? is. Yeah. Like people are against mm-hmm. like the physicality and the hitting, but it's like if you didn't have that, a lot of guys' careers would be ending a lot sooner. And they, you know, it, it sounds ironic, but it's true. It's so. like self-policing kind of deal. Exactly. In a sense, yeah. Exactly. So, otherwise, it'd be chaotic. Everyone would I mean, be trying to kill each other in hockey. Yeah. So. Well, people like me. all the star players and stuff would just like. People would just take <laughs> runs at the guys with a lot of talent if there was no repercussions for a yeah. lot of that stuff. So it's like that whole self-policing act is, yep. Um, it uh, it's definitely like, and it's definitely gotten less because you know, there's um, there's definitely like everyone used to have at least one, if not two, like dedicated dudes who were not yeah. as talented or expected to score and produce, but just like you're going out there to go hit somebody hard and be physical. And like, if, if something happened to a team, like we're rolling you out on this yeah. line to go I send mean, a message to the guy who delivered that hit. Exactly, man. Even yeah. when I played recreational, like in, inline hockey, you know, roller hockey as a kid growing up, mm-hmm. we, the same thing. We had big dudes on our team and like, they couldn't skate for anything. Right. But we'd put them down deep in the net 
We have them screen the goalie, you know, push people around. Like, the biggest dude on your team, he's not going to get moved around. So you put him right in front of the net, especially if he doesn't have skill or it can skate, you know? So it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm, that's how you're raised in hockey. So I feel like that's a lost art in sports of, like, self-policing. Mm-hmm. I think like, uh, yeah. hockey, hockey's kept it alive for the most part, but, like, in football. Baseball's trying to get rid of it. Yeah, I, I was going to get to that, like. Football, oh, like you can't, like you can't hit people. You can't hit Every people coming over, soft, including coming hockey. over, the, coming over the middle. You yeah. can't, like, you know, you can't, in baseball, like a coach was saying, um, you can't like brush a brush a brush a hitter back with a high and inside pitch. Or everyone, oh, wow. everyone gets butt, everyone gets butt hurt. You can't wow. even, you can't even hit someone. Like, like everyone just gets crazy butt hurt and like, oh, I'm just a, you, you can't, you're not, you're, you're not supposed to do that. And it's mm-hmm. like. It's just mm-hmm. it's a lost art in sports, protecting your teammates and, I miss watching and brushing people down. Bas- I miss the physicality basketball. basketball. Yeah, it was so everything, entertaining to watch. Everything is a foul. Everything's a foul yeah. in, in mm-hmm. basketball. If you just like, if your fingers like touch on on a on a shot, up oh, foul. It's like it's crazy. You think like yeah. that? You think anything that plays into it is the average salary that all of them are making? Because if you look at from like the '80s to what it is now in terms of overall salary, like. The increase of every sport is is uh, increased significantly with salary, yeah. so you're protecting now almost this like business like yeah your you cash know, cow yeah it's like yeah. like Mar- sense, like yeah. Patrick Mahomes was, was gonna make like half a probably, billion dollars he'll probably be a billionaire by the time he's done like think about that oh you know easily what, you know what I'm saying like isn't that crazy uh-huh. like to talk about like yeah it's just wild so I you know what's weird to me is the the only thing that's like really hypocritical on it is like with all these like the I'll say the four major sports are so, like NHL NMLB NBA and NFL. What I find odd is like we—I I, kind of mentioned you guys this earlier. Is like you have the uh, what's what's the mixed martial art MMA, so, MMA, yeah. UFC. Yeah. So that's that's all okay um, by that, you know. But like those guys are probably going to deal with this like concussions and a lot of brain trauma and all these things. Yeah. So what I find ironic is like, well, totally, we're that that seems to just be increasing, like the level of that just keeps you know the costs and or right. the. The, the people are getting uh, high, paid higher and higher oh, every yeah, yeah. year. And mm-hmm. I find that, but then like all there's not, you know what I'm saying? Like there aren't a lot of rules when it comes to that. It's just like, maybe people will do, there are legal moves, but for the most part, you're beating a dude's skull in. Right. Yeah. Whereas like with this, Tom, this Tom Wilson guy, mm-hmm. it's just like, like, yeah, he did kind of a, a move that you said unwritten rule. And, and that yeah. in baseball too, it's like, there was Nick, uh, Con, however you say his constant Cast- Castellanos. Castellanos. Yeah. He like, did a like a stupid little thing that you don't do because it's an unwritten rule, mm-hmm. but then he gets suspended a couple games, and I just I just find it like I kind of find that weird to me. Like I'm not saying I'm for one side or the other, but I find it weird that you have UFC where it's like literally these guys could like break a dude's neck in half, yeah. where, and one mm-hmm. in one kick, and then and that could happen, and then everybody's going to be like, is it just because a different group of people watch that and the 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 user base of hockey's gotten more sophisticated and say with MLB and I don't I, I don't know like you know if I, if I had to put a put my put my finger on it I'd say it's um with UFC I think it's baked into the sport uh, fighting mm-hmm. fight, fighting is baked into the sport well, it, so it is, is hockey though right it's like, well I, I was going to say it and hockey is it's baked it, it's baked into the sport having actual fights but in UFC and in hockey once the guy's down He's he's down. He's out. You know that they, they stop the you fight. You finish him until the ref tells yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You go until the you know the ref tells you. Hockey. He's down. It's it kind of. A, I guess it's generally. Thing it's when, it's once, like golf. There's once an etiquette down. to it. Yeah, the etiquette. Like For once sure. he's down, like it's it's over. But like with like baseball and I, the one thing is, is football, I don't see is, that. I mean, in baseball fights, I've never like there have been fights where like 
they'll go at it. Like they'll even go down on the ground, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. even there's hockey no... too. Like I, like, I guess there, there might be unwritten rules, but like when you're starting to talk about fighting and stuff, I think it's just hockey as a whole, like, like, for, like before the, before this week or for this last couple of weeks, I didn't know who Tom Wilson was mm-hmm. and Tom Wilson mm-hmm. got like, like, so, so for everybody at home, uh, Nightmare and I don't know anything about hockey, and uh, Goichi and um, and Coach know everything about hockey. Or they, there are hockey fans here, so like for me, like it was big enough for me to to even text the team and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. what happened with this guy? Like, why was this such a, you know, why was this yeah. all over the media?" And I think that's the big thing is like, yeah, why has that happened? I know so little about hockey. When you said Tom Wilson, I thought about the um, a Biff from Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that joke, <laughs> the recycled joke there. <laughs> Yeah, well, they, definitely, the, the viewers don't know. Yeah. So. It was definitely overhyped. You, you I think. use it on us, and then you're yeah. like, all right, I'm going to drop it here. Yeah, of course. I think it was definitely overhyped. It didn't work with sure. you guys. Like, it's not going to work here. They were definitely exact. <laughs> like, they made it a bigger deal than what it was. It was just the fact that, it, like, if it just stayed internally with mostly just hockey fans versus going out to the world and the social media and stuff, like, the, the thing is, like, people would, I could care less about the suspension, technically. Like, I just, I, like, you settle it on the ice, but you definitely, like, you're not trying to take a guy's career out, especially a young kid like Panarin, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's up and coming, and he's doing so well. And then the the other part was, like, he was trying to break up the fight. And then when he fell on the ice, like, you at in the moment, like, the normal play, you couldn't tell if he actually hit his head on the ice as well. So you're going to hit a guy when his helmet's off, and he, he could have gotten concussion as soon as he hit the ice. Mm-hmm. And you're going to still go after him? That's like de- beating a dead horse to a sense, you know? It's like, yeah. have some sense of pride man of like the sport you play and represent mm-hmm. you know i understand you can be a goon you could be the most evil person i mean i mean there's been sick hits like it ended paul korea's career with uh stevens from uh new jersey devils yeah, like, when he that took play. that yeah. hit dude yeah. it was he scored man. the goal though that's all that matters but dude yeah. i mean it, it was a clean hit you yeah. know and it's like the guy's a, a brute and you got to respect the hits sometimes you know but it yeah. it's unfortunate and stuff like that happens but like like i said like you he knew the entire situation that was happening there with Panarin and he still kept going for it. I don't care if you're enraged or whatever, have some respect, man, for like the sport and mm-hmm. for the future and livelihood of the sport. Like this is an upcoming guy that's going to keep increasing like his skill set and keep increasing the fan base and feeding, you know, the sport you love most to keep going. Like you got to think about the big picture here mm-hmm. versus yourself. And I think he made a selfish decision, mm-hmm. you know, but I do also think that, People shouldn't get upset about like how George Perils handled it because that's the NHL, man. They they never go in our favor. They never you know call it right most of the time. Like it's it's a bit biased or you know not. It's like a slap on the wrist when it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It should be more than that. But I agree with Sean Avery. Like you just settle it on the ice, man. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like if if no one's going to take care of the business for you, it's a family, man. On a hockey team, you mm-hmm. take care of each other. Like whenever someone attacked my goalie or my players. I didn't care. I, I went. I went for it. I protected my team because, like, you're not going to mess with my team, I'm, nor am I going to show you that we're pushovers and you could just walk all over us. So you did know? you think what happened, like, that whole fight, do you think that was justified? I think at the, the, the like commotion at the that happened is yeah. normal, right? But I think just singling out Tom Wilson, the way he acted and continued to go after people that were on it, like... Well, did, did you see, because the, didn't they play again? They played again Yeah, after. and there was, like... 10 penalties like yeah that's so what, yeah that's, that's what, what i was, was talking about yeah, that's what you're talking about right though, like oh that's, no I'm, I'm talking about that that one game instance, yeah the that, first instance but you're you're saying like because you were saying like fix it on the ice or, or make it oh yeah so they yeah, did, they would, did yeah, come they back would, yeah they would yeah they did 
But I would have done it like, like two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, which is like half their. And then like the coach got fired, the owner got fired. Yeah. Like it was crazy, man. All right, last last. But yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Last you tangent. Last tangent. Um, if everyone on both teams fight and they all get sent to the penalty box, it does does the, yeah. does the goalie does, versus goalie. Yeah, it's just they just took their, <laughs> the like, no fly. even the goal even the goalies get put. Is there just an empty ice rink? If what, it ever came uh, down to some, what well, what do you think? God, well, that's the I'm rule coach. is that you can't leave the bench. Uh, so if like when there's a fight on the ice, you if you see somebody true. leave the bench, or if there's a fight um, up on the boards next to the bench. Like you'll always see the guys basically like sit back and don't do anything because if you're not on the ice yeah. and you participate in that and like grab a guy, hit a guy, or if you come off the bench to go for it, oh, you're for sure getting suspended long time. Yeah, it's a chess um, game because okay. then you're that's a, your that team. is that is an unwritten rule. Well, that's yeah. actually a, probably an unwritten, uh, but there's probably a, a written rule for it too. Is if you're not on the ice when it happens, yeah, you are not part of that fight. Because not only will um, your fans be mad, def- your teammates will be mad. Yeah, and your coach definitely getting suspended. I'm just saying, if if both teams come off off the bench, yeah. and everyone's in the oh. penalty box. Is it just a is it just an empty rink? I think no. there's, a, and then the quarters just what, like what they would. Do it would is, just be uh, it would probably just be the maximum, which is pretty close to like what they got right now when they had that thing. When they they fit, they put all five. They just put a whole line of everybody. I think in the box. I think they each had like four. They had five. At I think it was four, six. I think, in I think it was six. Oh, it was six? Yeah. Yeah, so they just put, like, they just put everybody in there, and they then you just roll sit. out the next line. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah so I, it's like you just fit as many in there, you put a whole new line, and then, like, you just have a line play, and basically you just kind of go. I agree. But, you know, with the whole rule of people not participating, it makes it so that you basically just roll two lines for the rest of, for that whole time. Yeah. Um, like, until all those dudes come out. Yeah. Um, Good to know. So it's probably which makes like it three on three. And they wouldn't penalize the entire team because it wouldn't make any sense, right? There'd be no players to play. So they would ha- probably have to select to maximize the pack- penalty box, put in six, pick your six guys to put in there, and then mm-hmm. like go be everyone else has to sit on the bench except three players, and they're going to play out however long that penalty is going on for, like five. Now, does minutes, that include ten minutes, whatever? Does that include goalie? Three uh, on three, including no. goalie. Yeah. No. Well, Usually, no, not well, including goalie. Three on three. Sorry. And goalie okay. on yeah. each end. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And even half the times when the goalie gets a penalty, somebody else goes and exactly. serves it for the goalie. Yeah, the goalie's not going to sit in the penalty box. That never happens. Oh, but then you take you take that like responsibility as a goalie. It's like, did I really have to take that penalty? Because most of the time, goalies shouldn't take penalties. You can get away with murder as a goalie, honestly. Mm-hmm. It like pretty much the way like I I played goalie as well, like in rec hockey. And when I played goalie, pretty much that red circle in, in front of you, that's your home. And anyone comes in that home, you can f them up. You could slash them with your stick you can push them out of your way you can do whatever because they're in your space they're not allowed to be in there technically got it so my view good my, week yeah because my only view that i wanted to say because what i find interesting is it's so crazy because i'll talk to a lot of like old school hockey fans and then i feel like they mm-hmm. are like oh make vi-, like you have it make hockey violent again mm-hmm. but then these moments happen and it's like i'm not saying like like I'm not saying I agree with what that did that what Tom Wilson did. Never, I'm not, I don't really have a preference whatsoever, but like you know what I'm saying it's like one of those things where it's like that kind of makes us fun these moments fun again. Yeah, you know it's like it's like a it's a part of the. But see, hockey yeah. was always able to maintain that like violence physicality without having like it cheap did, shots. Yeah, like it's just like dude when when it's like it's like taking off a knight's armor and then cutting like stabbing them with the sword versus like doing the honorable thing and 
having a face-to-face -face battle with your armored gear. It's it's like that kind of thing. It's like if you're going to go to a duel and like you're signing up for this, like fight fair, man. Like don't be a scumbag or a cheap shot. Like the biggest thing, man, is just like you're ending someone's career. That's the thing, you know, yeah. like maybe that could happen by accident, right? With getting concussions over and over that happens in hockey. But when you're, you're actually like you're, that's your intention is to hurt them and like just end their career. I, I think that's wrong, mm -hmm. but it, there is a physicality of the game where it's just business, honestly. So, yeah. Good talk. So nightmare. How about your week? <laughs> My week was, ex didn't, where there was no fights. Good. Yeah, it was good. No $5,000 fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. Uh, it was pretty. It's pretty smooth week. Uh, work's slowing down again, so working on little projects. Uh, cooking Junto yesterday was was really good. That was, mm -hmm. that was I, a fun one. Yeah, everything came out better than expected, um, especially yeah. with my macaroni salad. I've had I've had the ribs before, so I, I knew those were gonna come out good. Um, let's see. Did I do any? Uh. No, uh, I had a couple birth, uh, birthdays in the family uh, this week. Uh, sent out text messages and calls and co uh, cousins and uncles and aunts. No drive-by so birthdays. No drive-by. <laughs> no, we're actually celebrating in person. We're actually doing nice. an in-person uh, Saturday. Uh, we're nice. doing a our, our first really big family gathering since cool. since uh, COVID lockdowns. So I'm I'm actually really excited for that. Mm. Uh, we actually have uh, in our family we have s uh, a lot of people with May birthdays, so mm. we actually celebrate everyone's birth everyone's everyone's May birthday. Oh, that's right. Uh, Mother's Day weekend. It, I don't know if it's always on Mother's Day weekend, but mm. we usually do it on some weekend where it's it's like a big get family get together. And we celebrate everyone's birthday, and we just we s we have a uh, hilariously large cake that has everyone's birthday on it, birthday or name on it, and we sing a hilariously long birthday song, which, <laughs> and that's Michael cool. and Mary Kay, and we just <laughs> list everybody, and uh, that, that's that's really fun, and I'm really excited to see my family like all together again. Nice. Uh, for the for the most part, there's some people or some family members that are uh, overseas and across the country, but. For the most part, everyone, everyone that's here, I'm excited to see them. Nice. Yeah. Cool. How about you, Coach? Yeah, that's awesome. Your turn. Uh, my turn. Uh, well, another week, uh, another uh, successful week. Uh, it is officially finals week here at the school, so um, even more relaxed than it was last week when I reported in, just because we had uh, more open hours. I was solo by myself with my boss at a conference, so... Uh, I was running the show this week. Not really much to kind of do except for uh, make sure everyone's taken care of. Uh, the weight room doesn't burn down. And, uh, you know, things are put back where they need to be and everything gets cleaned up and whatnot. But uh, for myself, uh, it's been a good week. I kind of I got back on the train for uh, being consistent with some of my training, kind of working on some stuff. Um, are we getting a kind of like, this week? Uh, we are actually getting oh, a Jim Junto okay. tomorrow morning. Damn. So tomorrow morning we're gonna have a Jim Junto stream. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun little Saturday morning workout for ourselves. Get your flushable wipes ready. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you flatter me too much. Sweat, <laughs> uh, <baby. laughs> man, sweat. Yeah. If we could just pause my camera here while I sit here blushing, you know, I'll just we'll keep the audio rolling here, but. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll have Jim Jim Junto tomorrow. Uh, it's been a good week of training. I, my body definitely feels it as I've gotten back to having like my first uh, five session a week 
a training schedule going uh, for a while. But um, other than that, it's just uh, kind of making sure that like summer stuff is prepared for my athletes. Uh, I've been having some meetings with athletes on things that they need to work on and uh, stuff that they want to do over summer, you know, the do's and don'ts of going home uh, when you're away from school. Like a lot of kids is like, oh yeah, I'm going home. I'm like, oh cool, you want to work? And it's like, well, I got like three vacations planned and I'm like, okay, well, that's probably not going to work Jesus. out too well. The stimulus for... bills, you know? Or yeah. stimulus bills. Yeah, right? Those Biden like bucks. That. Or they're like, well, I'm just going to go live at the lake house for a, a <laughs> month Biden and bucks. drink and day drink every day. I was like, well, then I guess we're not going to be better when we come back. So we'll see how that goes in the fall. <laughs> you... But uh, what's that number? Uh, Coach, do you, so you work uh, with the athletes, but do you also work with uh, the other um, want wannabe strength coaches that are doing master's programs and – uh, kinesiology majors do you work with them as well or are you um just not here i do not because um at the at the school on that we actually don't have uh exercise science or kinesiology program here mm. so you're just big man on campus literally yeah well i mean me i mean i'm the i'm the assistant so i got my boss that's the bigger man but yeah. we have a couple of, of athletes that are interested in it but they're I mean, again, there's no like official program. So it's like, they're not going through like an actual full kinesiology, like course load for their undergraduate degree. Um, so that makes it a little bit different, but Are you coming um, all soon? in all it's been, uh, I am. So beginning of June, uh, as of right now, beginning of June, uh, I will be uh, road tripping back to California for two months. And then uh, we'll have some, we'll have some long live Junto, uh, episodes where all four of us will be in that room right there hey, kind of like our first episode would it would it ever be possible for the school to make you a hybrid like a you know how people can do like teachers can be like a, a spanish teacher and then also like be a sports athletic teacher as well like could there be a hybrid where you taught about health and then did your your other uh you know coaching stuff as well or? um they Yes, but I don't think that they would, um, just because this like just because we're at a small school, mm. uh, the schedule is like so hectic. Like um, when you're at a bigger school, working around athlete schedules is so much easier because mm. like for every class that they need to take, there's you know let's just say ten offerings of that class, gotcha. and it's like here at a small school, there's like one offering for that class. So kids from the same team have to come in at like three to some some of them we have like four or five different hours that they can come in and get that training in um so it's like it's just it's just all over the map for training so i really don't want like honestly there's days where it's like i just don't even have time Mm. to to do i wouldn't even really have time to do anything outside of coaching my athletes because (laughs) the schedule is just so all over the map but gotcha okay so um could you be a hybrid as in like you uh become part monkey or become a uh, part shark <laughs> that would be that uh would be. i if i if i could i <laughs> think i might take the monkey Animorph, yeah. <laughs> if i could the monkey thing isn't bad because i'd probably be better at pull-ups and chin-ups so uh oh, that would be kind of that would be kind of a nice uh improvement for me right now but uh i don't i don't foresee them uh putting that as an offer uh as part of my compensation anytime soon damn well, yeah it's 2021 let's get it going <laughs> we gotta get well, a boys, mic here. 
Let's, huh? We got to what? He, I said, uh, so June, you're going to be here, so we got to get you a mic. Oh, yeah. 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 Gonna, that'll probably be like only like 20 bucks. Yeah, probably. Yeah. It, and, a headset, check, and a headset. Yeah, and a headset. Yeah. yeah check, check. One, yeah, two. Nice. Yeah, we don't, have to, we don't have to find convoluted ways to get you into the OBS. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I mean, I got, I, got two, I got two mics right here. Check one, check two. Oh, that's, you know? a, that's, a, so. that's a TikTok right there. Do that again. Check one, check two. Check Do one, faster. Faster. one, two. Faster. faster. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> you guys suck. We're not getting you vocally. You gotta open your yeah. your tonsils yeah. a little more, you know. Like yeah, just <laughs> do I have to stick my tongue out too. I mean, that would add a little character. Help, if it helps, I think yeah. it helps. Put some put some whipped cream on there and lick that off. Or you got you guys would like that, wouldn't Mike, you? That'd Mike be... check, Mike check. Yeah, as a little as a little Joe Dirt flashback right there for you. Oh, yeah. For sure. Shout out to shout out to David Spade if he wants to be on the podcast. Uh, he probably would do it. Long. He one hundred percent would do it. I feel Honestly, like he, hey, I saw him. I saw him at the Bray Improv, and I thought he was absolutely hilarious. He's funny. Uh, my cousin and I love him, uh, and I I I one hundred percent. I just want Jimmy Lee here. So you what? Jim- <laughs> Jimmy Lee. I don't know who that is. Bobby I'll take, I'll take Bobby, Bobby Lee. Lee. Sorry, Bobby Lee. I knew, I knew who he meant. I knew he meant Bobby, Bobby Lee. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I wonder when he's gonna realize yeah. this. But I'm like, yeah, I'll take Bobby, Bobby Lee too. It's so right. funny you said Bobby Lee that. is, is because like I just was watching a Joe Rogan, uh, the other day where he was talking about how Bobby Lee is one of the best stand-up comics that like, oh really? That never like does he won't he won't do a special. He just he just yeah. has to go out and do yeah, the road. He's made like, his life on being in the underground. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like he's literally like. But like you'll hear him, he always gets refiltered. Mm-hmm. Where you'll hear about him like every so often, yeah. and I feel like because some people will like sputter out, like they'll hit it big and then sputter out. But like Bobby Lee's like he just needs to a do timeless. one Netflix special, dude. You sound like you sound exactly like Joe Rogan. He's like just do one. Like he said, yeah. he said, he said, Joe Rogan said Bobby Lee said he was gonna do one, and he's working on material. So I'm oh, okay. Okay. fingers crossed. Finally got him through. It's just like him coming out naked. Like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he just like takes off his clothes. It works real slow. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. Oh man. <laughs> well, boys, let's say uh, let's say you uh, we jump right into a Junto question for the week. I like that. This is that a paragraph you have to read? <laughs> That's okay. Well, good th- good thing I passed yeah. the California standardized testing <laughs> all the way through middle school and elementary school. Oh man. But I've been prepared for this now. It sounds like you're stalling. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, well, I was I was getting the question to try. And, I was getting the question to try and pull up uh, so that I could read the whole thing. But here we go. So, Junto question of the week is: As says, have you met with anything in the author you last read remarkable or suitable to be communicated to the Junto, particularly in history, mortality, or excuse me, morality, uh, poetry? physics travels mechanic arts or other parts of knowledge uh i don't think any of us read anything on mortality in uh, unless we're in the movie the mummy uh but would you like me to read that again for you i have it pulled up on my trello okay uh, but if you want to read it for or yeah tra- i would translate it for everybody at home unless you, you, you okay. feel like you can't no okay so i would say uh do you anybody have anything or what do you have from the last thing the last author that you read from that you thought would be um i would say of sub like substantial uh either meaning to you 
or something that maybe stuck with you um, that you didn't have beforehand? Something that you got that was really big or significant? Out I'll of just go first. The last thing you read. I'll just go first. Let's go, Gucci. Let's it's very it. short and sweet. Uh, okay. Most people know this about me, anyways. I'm just going to stick with the quote because I'm not a very active reader. I'm ashamed mm. of that. Uh, I'm working on that. <laughs> it's work in progress. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, for me, it's uh, the Yoda quote. It's do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> That's, that's I like, love that quote. Like I love favorite. that it's quote because so it's so true. It's like it doesn't matter, do or do not. Like you're you're not giving it any effort, right? And it just it challenges you challenges you to um, face your fears. Like even if you know there's going to be failure ahead, it's like it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It the the fact that you're trying is is what counts. It doesn't matter fail or or succeed. It's it's just the fact that you're not trying. That's the ultimate uh, definition to me of failure. That's pretty good. I mean, honestly, I do like that quote. I love, I love using that quote for like messing with people or just making jokes. Um, but as much as I think that quote gets some flack, uh, I definitely think that it's applicable and it's relevant to like people, especially now. Think about like the thrill of this whole thing, like people go, going out and venturing out into like new things, mm-hmm. you know, making their own business or trying those things. Like, I think that I think you can definitely relate that to people. So. Yeah, I think I think when you uh, the mentality there too is that um, trying even saying the term like the word I tried is almost like an excuse in life. So that, that that's a kind of I mean not to say it you know what I'm saying like yeah. if, you, if you're like oh well, at least I tried well it's like you, you don't get points for trying you know it's like you so, did or you didn't yeah it's like you either did it or you didn't and then it, and the reality is is that if even if you swung and struck out that's much better than then you know and you struck out you you walk out with your head held high and it's like i took a hack and it's like you just didn't do it and that's all and that's the knowing that truth is better than saying the excuse i tried and that's kind of how i see it it's like because a lot of times i'll be like oh i tried and then and or in my head i'll be like oh at least i'm trying but it's like that doesn't really matter you gotta you see it through or you don't see it through so finish finish it or mm-hmm. don't finish it i do i do have one more real quick since the the yoda one was kind of corny so i <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have two. It's have another two. Yoda one. He's, 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 he's furiously, he's furiously like googling. Skywalker. So, no. so I say yeah. these. Is I it about these. sand? Yeah. Is it rough yeah. and irritating? It gets everywhere. So I saw this epic movie called Holes. No. Um, okay. So Please be not, from Jurassic Park. I, I saved this right, like, because it, it means a lot to me. Uh, at least it like resonates with me and. Um, it's something that I, I can appreciate as far as like a saying, it doesn't say who like it came from, but I, I read it off of Instagram and it's this, uh, Instagram that I follow channel that I follow is called Wolf of Freedom. And the first one was make sure the girl sitting passenger side in your car is the same girl who'd be sitting with you at the bus stop. If life turned around differently. Um, and I think, man, that is like, that hits deep, especially with like my wife and, and you know how we've built our relationship over like the past 13 years it's like um your best friend your partner in crime you know and it's like do or die you know you you stick it out till the end uh together so um that i love that quote the other one was um the japanese say you have three faces and i find this so funny because when i met beef uh i kind of threw him a curveball because i'm i'm a totally different person outside of work um it's definitely like one of those things of fake it till you make it um, so the Japanese say you have three faces. The first face you show to the world. The second face you show to your close friends and your family. The third face mm-hmm. you never show to anyone. 
it is the tr- truest reflection of who you are. Mm-hmm. So, I like that one. Yeah, because I think even in like in times of just solitude and and just being by yourself, I think there are moments of yourself that you just show to yourself, like looking in the mirror or, or just being alone. That like everyone has their own secrets, you know. No matter like even if like you have friends and family, like you do have like your your own things that you keep personal to you, or like <clears throat> maybe you have like certain like actions or or a personality that you just vibe with, like without being around anyone, you know. So. Um, yeah, I think that that definitely hits me deep because uh, I am definitely about like not showing all my cards to everyone. Like I, I'm a different version of myself depending on how much I respect you and and uh, like you as a person. You know, definitely. So. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a couple good ones because I I was a uh, I actually watched Moneyball uh, oh, to add to this. Um, so I'd watched I I'd read Moneyball a while ago, but it's uh, and I know I actually got Goichi to watch this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, it actually like will work because everybody's uh, coach. You've seen it, right? Just make sure. Uh, yeah, that's where uh, Chris Pratt does the best Scott Hatterberg impression. Okay, so you've seen it. There we go. Do you do you remember it very well? Or, um, yeah. Uh, honestly, when you said Moneyball, the first the the first quote that came to mind probably wasn't anything significant. Um, but it was. Uh, but yeah, I remember parts of it. So that Moneyball is like to me when I first watched it. I want to. Well, I read it, and I think it's a great book. Uh, it's all about mm-hmm. stats, and like I think um, as I've gotten older, only thing that really matters, especially with whether it's politics, religion, or whatever the topic is, nothing matters more than statistics on truth or stats or numbers. Numbers tell the truth all the time. I will, like you can have a belief you to yourself, like to the individual, you can have your own belief in what you, you know, your beliefs, what you think. Um, the way you see life, that's subjective. But in terms of when it comes out to consensus for everybody, I think we need to only be fair and to, to avoid all bias is you have to go based off of numbers. Numbers tell the, mm. the whole story. Like, I don't know if everyone agrees numbers with that. Numbers don't lie kind of thing. Numbers don't lie. Like, they don't, like, people can, you know, oh, there will always be an oppressed group. But if we actually truly always look at the numbers, we can make assessments based on those numbers and always tell the truth. If we can always look at numbers as the only form because it's beta, that's the only thing that matters. So I'm going to go into this because these are things that were not said in the movie, but I think that they're really mm-hmm. important. So quick, quick question. Did, did, uh, the GM of the A's write Moneyball or was it? No, Billy Bean did not write, write it. Okay. His, uh, um, so it? do you have the author? Uh, yeah, it's Michael Lewis. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, but he wrote it with, he wrote it with Billy Bean. Yeah, so okay. for everybody at home, Billy Bean was the, the general manager of the Oakland A's. Um, anyone that knows anything about baseball is Oakland A's are like the, the bottom tier of really having a financial any type of cap capital space for money so they're the exact opposite of the yankees and that's how the movie starts is it's showing you the exact opposite so it's really just it's playing the game but these these are why uh, the book the book to me is something that the book ha- the movie has a lot of good quotes but for the for the book so this is michael lewis's people in both field and this is this take this the way i take this is not only baseball but i take this for life so just keep th- keep this in a moment. People in both fields operate with beliefs and biases, period. To the extent you can eliminate both and replace them with data, you gain a clear advantage. So it goes into what I just said. Like if there's a lot of times where you have your gut, but at the end of the day, if you keep going off of your gut, you're just getting lucky. Whereas if you, mm. s- you start using statistics in mm. anything and everything you do, statistics is a general but i mean numbers like look at what you quantify what you're doing like you could be successful but then quantify what you're doing but if you look forward mm-hmm. 
you know, some people, some people got it. Like some people could read that and be like, you're full of crap because they've been successful off of, off of just hard work alone or being, they're just in, they're intuitively smart, intelligent, you know, they got the street smarts. But, um, but I, I love that because I look at that as like so many different industries have belief and biases mm. and it doesn't matter what industry it could be industry, could be religion, could be anything. And it's like, well, religion is not a good example, but, uh, but you look at like data, data will always help you. I, I think data, what that, that actually means to me when I read that is actually the data will tell you what really the truth is. Yeah, cause, cause in the, the truth. Yeah. Cause in the world, this world, I feel like a lot of times we're told, like, especially on the news these days, mm. we're told something and it's like, is that really how it is? And then, you know, we, you could be told it by a group of people and then another group could tell you the exact opposite. So how are you supposed to, to see the truth? And the truth is data. I think data is the answer. As long there. as the data isn't corrupt. Or exactly. Exactly. That goes back into yeah. that. Yeah. And that's, that's the bigger I thing. I agree is with like, you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's so for me that's that's the first one that was that was by michael lewis so michael lewis is just um for everybody he was just a big baseball fan mm-hmm. but uh he he met with billy Bean and wrote wrote moneyball and moneyball is actually the art of winning an unfair game so that's <laughs> the it's moneyball the art of winning an unfair game so and that's that's per, um so funny it's talking about baseball but you again you can equate it to any any sport or any anything in life right yeah. yeah um so here's the second one this is by bill james so bill james for everybody at home uh, I know I know a lot of guys here who watched it, but Bill James um, developed statistics to look at baseball a lot different, and it's called sabermetrics, and it looks at it a very mm-hmm. complete different way than it, it gives it statistical values that are not your basic like average home run um, on base percentage, not that it it takes that and quantifies it to to numbers that give players value that now if if sabermetrics um, or it gives a player's value. What happened was, is Billy Bean introduced that to ba- to baseball, and bef- before that, it was a, it was very uh, it was very like scout looks at the player, tells you, gives you kind of a it, like most sports, gives you kind of a feel of like, hey, this scout looks like this guy, looks like this baseball player from the '90s. We're gonna go off that. Sabermetrics took uh, took a statistical all these stats, combined them, and gave you numbers so that GMs could look at it and be like, this player is actually worth a lot more than what he might have physical physical he may not physically be the same as like a mike trout but he's got these numbers that like when you you plug in all the data he actually is a lot more valuable so so pretty much how why it's called moneyball is that some players are worth a lot more value from a statistical standpoint from sabermetrics than from a monetary standpoint so they may not be getting paid 10 million a year or 20 million or 30 million or however, however it is but they might have been getting like 100,000 like 200 or 300,000 a year and their value was just as good as somebody that was getting paid 10 million it's like to to simple down so bill james like i i just think about that like think about that guy like bill james wrote all that and the guy worked in a meat plant or a meat packing plant yeah like the guy like to think so just to tell you, it, it, I, I use him. He's one of my favorite examples of like it doesn't. He wasn't in the industry, and he just loved baseball. Just a baseball fan. So it tells you that you can do anything, no matter what you're. If you want to go and trade stocks and be successful, at it, you can go do it. If you want to go out and be owner, you want to be like a Warren Buffett with all this real estate, then you can go do it. You want to own a pipeline one day, you can do it. Looks like we're we're losing. Uh, oh, coach, coach, is is getting, coach is getting rainy over coach there. Coach in the matrix. I might get picked up by a tornado. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Wonder if his uh, Wi-Fi. Uh, I don't know. He's clear on this end. Oh, he's back. Oh, there we go. Yeah, he's back. Okay. So Bill James, if you ch- if you challenge conventional wisdom, you will find ways to do things much better than they are currently done. 
And I, I think like that's I don't know, like that's to me is like you could always look at once you say that's good enough, that typically to me is like that's where it starts to be the end of that. Or it starts to like be on its decline. And like so so pretty much as you can o you can always look at anything and make it better. That's with yourself, your job, your business, um, your your relationship with your, your other half, your relationship with your family. The moment you say that's good enough or I don't need to work on it or uh, because working I think is like looking at yourself but then also like the situation but I just I just mm-hmm. think about that it's like how do you, you challenge yourself like how can I make this better you because as a person sometimes we're content with what we have and so um I just think like when I when I look at that that's one of those things where conventional wisdom as a big thing because a lot of people will be like you know we work we work in IT uh, Goichi and I and it's like people do things for like 20 years and it's like yeah. and then it's like you're you're like, well, my way is more efficient in my mind and it'll save mm-hmm. more efficient. It'll save you time and you're wasting time. And it's like, but you'll have these people like old dog, uh, can't learn new tricks kind of thing. And it's like that it just goes to show you that no matter where you are in life, no matter what you at your age is, is always listen to anybody that has an idea and embrace it and, and, and embrace it and see how it can be successful to, to you, not fresh new yeah. perspective. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, and so to me, I mean, like, Oh, go ahead, coach. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, going along with that, it's like, you know, just because it's been, it's been done a certain way for a while doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, I mean, like, cause I, I think I get stuck in that as a person. I think we all do where we're like once, like even what the way we're doing this podcast right now or the way we we're setting everything up, it's like, oh, we're, like you have it a certain way. And then like you put, it's like, you might put time and effort into it. It's like, but there can always be a way to revamp and just being willing to mm-hmm. listen to that and mm-hmm. then also take it and go with it. And, um and so yeah that, that's kind of like one of those things like we all get like i think what creates is a lot of it is insecurity when there's moments when i when i don't want to listen to someone else's opinion or or uh advice um mm. you know and i think that's where it comes a lot of people get again even with those those people in it it's like they're they're it's not that they're insecure that's like they just maybe it is insecurity but may, maybe it's also ego is another part of that but yeah. it's or like a bit of comfort too. It's like yeah, comfortability. Why go outside my box when I like being inside my box? Yeah, thing, exactly. You know? Yeah, comfort is like the and Nightmare and I were just talking about this. I said the best way to live your life is always choose the path of uncom being uncomfortable, because then you won't force to be. Life won't force you to be uncomfortable when you need to. You forced yourself and you controlled your life, you know. And um, so yeah, those two those two mean the most to me. And and everybody at home, it's uh, Moneyball, the art of winning an unfair game. Uh, Michael Lewis was the first quote I had said, and the second quote was Bill James. So just those were uh, – I'd watched the movie recently, and it was a good book for me. I have a question for you guys. Do you feel like the be- the beginning first half – as of right now, do you feel like the beginning first half of growing up, going to school as a kid, uh, you faced a lot of uh, – how should I say it? Like you were faced with a lot of scenarios where – um, you're put in, co- in uncomfortable positions where you're like under a lot of stress too. To like, like let's say you had to do a presentation in front of class, you had a big project to do, something like that. Like I, f- for me personally, I feel like I faced a lot more of that as a younger kid versus as an adult, a young adult. You know, like mm. man, I'll never like the stress I had as a kid growing up, like being scared to do stuff out of my own comfort zone. Like maybe it's just because I was a kid, but man, it would it would eat me up to the point where like I'll never forget like the stress I went under as a kid and I never want to relive it, you know? And I, I mean, I do have my regrets, but 
it's what shaped me and molded me to who I am today. So I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> I never want to relive that. You know, it's just not yeah. a good experience. So that's the way I feel. Yeah, I feel like I didn't have a lot of like put into super uncomfortable situations because like, I kind of knew what I liked and what I didn't like. Um, probably the, my bigger ones were. But going. in school, you're forced. Yeah, yeah. Especially because I went to I went to a private school for high school. I went. Uh-huh. I, I I was in public school my whole life, and then for high school, I got I was sent to Modern Day, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't know anybody. Uh, Sans a couple of guys from uh, uh, Beef being one of them from a uh, baseball camp that we did the summer before, mm-hmm. but going in knowing mm-hmm. nobody and everyone else kind of. Um, they came in uh, from other Catholic schools in the area, and they kind of stayed with the people they knew mm-hmm. that were going to their, their own Catholic schools. So that was that was um, pretty uncomfortable, I guess. Um, but again, I, I came out of it with uh, beef, and and uh, a few years later, uh, coached. Uh, so I mean, I guess I, you know that was, and I got to go to school with my cousins. That was cool too. But um, yeah, I I, mm. I didn't have a lot of like super like super uncomfortable like experiences i I, that's kind of why i think i'm i kind of stay in my comfort zone so much and it's hard Mm. for me to venture out of it uh but yeah that's just that's just that was my childhood but even in school like let's say like when you had like to present by yourself in front of a bunch of students like yeah i didn't make you uncomfortable it may be uncomfortable but i mean i just sort of just did it and and just bs my way through it and then i went sat down and had my you know had your little panic attack and then i just kind of let it i just kind of let it pass i i feel like i i need to if i was going to talk to a therapist i feel like i would ask them is something wrong with me that i don't remember a lot of my childhood like i didn't commit a lot of it to memory i remember like a couple of specific things but i don't remember a lot like when i hear my parents or like you guys talk about things that happened in your childhood yeah mine fate mine's fading a lot I would say mind spading too. I yeah. just remember the dumb shit moments. Yeah. yeah, like I don't remember. We're getting old. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't We're remember hardly of any any high school. Like people ask me about people that we went to high school with, I'd be like, I have no idea who that is. I sometimes yeah. I think you never went to high school with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are different too. Like, like you're yeah. just like I'm you're like I'm all, I'm actually like yeah. strapped in a like a like you don't even exist. Either. This is the matrix. <laughs> no, I'm like in a crazy jacket. I'm talking to myself and yeah. pooping my this pants. This whole time, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, how is this any different than your usual week? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was my reflection. Yeah, reflection of last 15 years. But yeah, that yeah. Hey, G. I think it's uh, I think it's interesting that you actually asked that because I literally just had a flashback, probably within the last week, of a, and maybe I think it's because this literally like kind of like scarred me a little bit. Um, it was. I, I don't remember everything in high school, ah. but what I do remember, there was a, I was in a, I forgot, I think I was in psychology class and we had to come up with skits and we had to have somebody was like, had to demonstrate some sort of like psychological disorder or oh like distress, God. like and stuff. And so thankfully it wasn't me because, uh, you know, they put a diagnose me on the spot, but we had to like do this skit and it had to be for a certain amount of time. Well, the people that I was working with were not necessarily like, you know, road scholars of the high school. Uh, gotcha. There, there were dudes that I liked, I enjoyed hanging out with, but I'm like, 
I'm not doing, I'm like, I'm not the best psychology student, but I'm definitely like, I'm pretty sure my grade is like in percentage wise is like double what theirs was in the class. So like I noticed that the skit that we had and she was like, our, our, our teacher was like pretty like strict on the time. And like, I noticed our skit was running short because we had a clock in the room. So I just like went off script and like we, they were done. We had like reached the end of what we had talked about together. And then I was like, this is Spencer's time. This is, sorry, this is Coach's <laughs> time to shine. Uh, to just go. So you total broke out like Patrick job. Swayze in, uh, uh, in uh, Dirty Dancing? Um, I would say I broke out. This is how he was in like... the Shane Asylum for three months. <laughs> yeah. after. No, I think I, think I, broke, I broke out more like uh, Kevin Bacon in uh, Footloose when he goes no, dancing dude. in the warehouse Patrick, on Patrick his Patrick Swayze uh... is way better than Kevin. I cannot even believe you're about to do that. Um, hey, Patrick Swayze is like know. here. Did you see that? You haven't seen Dirty Dancing, huh? Have you guys seen it? It's, no, I've seen I've original. seen Dirty Dancing. It's just been a long well, time. With Patrick Swayze, yeah. Yeah, Patrick yeah, Swayze, yeah. not the one he's talking about. Oh, yeah, he's like talking yeah. to Kevin Bacon. Like, who, <laughs> like, you're about to put that on the same level? Like, it's, How dare it's, you? Yeah, who doesn't I, like Kevin Bacon and Footloose? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not a bad movie. Uh, but I haven't like, seen either. But like what? Patrick Swayze. Really? Like, yeah, the Patrick Swayze one. Man. Yeah, Dirty that's an dancing. iconic hey, where he like lifts up a girl. Yeah. Yeah, my favorite my favorite Patrick Swayze moment was when he battled for the last Chippendales spot with uh, oh, yes. Chris Absolutely. Farley. Absolutely, that was also that a good was dance. maybe that's what maybe that's what maybe that's what I should have broken out with. Yeah. But, uh, that was close. So I started. I'm a maniac, I start. Maniac. Oh god. I start like I, I like start like trying to think. I'm like Shh, like shit. What am I gonna do? And so I forgot what like exactly what the scene was and whatnot. But I like kept trying to prolong it, and I made I like I, I said something, because like all I remember is I laughed my ass off that I said it, and I looked I looked to my right, and like my my teacher and the rest of the class is just sitting there like, like God you're sick or like you're a fucking psycho, and I, I was like sitting there and I'm like when I realized it they're just like all staring at me, I was just like. God, I don't think I could sweat from any other body part like more like right now. Like I just like went back to my seat and I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. Like I gotta get the fuck out of here. I gotta leave school. I gotta. They think you. It was just like, like so mortifying or something. Like yeah, you ran honestly, outside. it probably would have been less embarrassing or like less traumatizing. <laughs> Wait, what grade did you get? Then like, uh, I don't even remember. But I just remember my teacher. She's just like, okay, well, and that, then like that I think she was at a loss for words. I'm just like, huh. How about them apples? Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, that's not embarrassing. Like she probably talked to like her, the rest of, you know, like when, uh, like you go home from work for the week, like she probably yeah. went home and like, just talk shit, mad shit to you, uh, to her kids oh, absolutely. and be like, be like, all right, this is what you don't say in class kids. And like, dude, yeah, with like, that dead silence, it would have been so gold if you like looked at your watch and you're like, okay. And that's time. Yeah. 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 Oh, and dead silence. in scene, it's kind of like when, uh, you blew like when, uh, when michael j fox in uh in back to the future like plays at the homecoming dance yeah and then he just goes off for guitar solo oh yeah yeah johnny be good up there staring at him and he's just like well your kids are gonna love it and then what if you said that oh dude what if you had said your kids are gonna love it dude that would have made it way worse oh my god I think I would have had to find a new high school. Like, what line could you say to make it, like, even more awkward? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's... Do, do or do not. <laughs> do or do not. There's no try. Yeah. 
my god. Uh, she's like, wow, this is the easiest F I've ever had to give. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like she's writing it as you're going. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, man. I was going to yeah. say, I totally agree. Uh, so I, do you guys get nightmares of, of school still? Uh, not anymore. I used to, though. I still like, get Especially still during school. Man, dude, it would keep me up at night. Like, I would always fear about, like, I always thought, like, if you didn't, like, do well in school or you didn't finish a project, like, yeah. I do, I thought I would die. Like, it was insane how much, like, it drilled in my head. Like, yeah. I had to be a good student. I don't know where it stemmed from, but, like, I was always driven to be, like, a good student, even though I struggled a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents never put pressure on me. My mom would tell me in high school to, like, go out on Friday nights and get drunk like go drink with your friends and have fun but my dumb ass would be getting tutored <laughs> on friday nights you know but, yeah, but you like so, i said you got the nightmares, you though? uh not anymore but, but you, like, you got him like during would, oh yeah in yeah. school i would Did get you that get like, pressure after, um not so much especially after college dude nah so i, I still <laughs> i still get them i still get i will literally have nightmares or dreams of where i'm like late Dude. for a, late for a final or i like mm-hmm. I, like i didn't that adrenaline rush man oh it's horrible like i'll yeah. wake up and i'm like in it and i'm like <laughs> man i graduated a long time ago like why yeah and it's so i but i bring that up because like you had said like i felt like when you're younger too because you relativity like einstein's relativity is that we've only lived on the earth for like you've only lived on the earth like let's say when you're like something that was like you were put on the spot like by well you're let's say you're like eight or nine and mm-hmm. your teacher puts you on a spot and you have this report due you're eight or nine you only been on the planet Dude. eight or nine years yeah you're right but then like when like us mm-hmm. now it's like you know if we're put on the spot here it's like time so much like quicker moves so quicker because we've been around and it's also like one like if you do the fraction into your life of minutes lived and and so i feel like when you're a kid like things seem so much more a lot worse because time's slower to you than because of relativity that's a great point yeah well there's a lot of development too because now you made me think about like when you're crushing on girls too and especially if you're in your class yeah and then you make a fool of yourself and you're the laughing stock of the school like yeah dude that shit eats at you night by night it does for you parents out there like us kids man growing up in this generation it was not easy it's a lot yeah. of stress on us. Kids got it easy now. They just, they do virtual. You know? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't no, my problem school. that I had gas problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like there was a. Did you guys ever watch Superbad? Like when he talks about. Uh, did we ever watch Superbad? When he tucks his boner into the waistband, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my lord! Like that Dude, Jonah Hill line. Yeah. It was like he. It's probably, very relatable. He summed up freshman and sophomore year yeah. for me in a in a nutshell right there by saying that line. I was like. It, you walked around with your wiener in your waistband for two years. <laughs> I had to. I had to do. You gotta do what you gotta do, time. Spencer. Do Low or, rise pants. Do stuff. or do not. <laughs> there is no trap. Yeah. Yeah. Or like girls think you like have a boner because you have those shorts and it like they like roll up. Yeah, they yeah. roll up. Or do I, jeans do that? I did sweatshirt. I was a giant sweatshirt guy where I'd be like, whoosh, like sweatshirt, or I would take a binder and go like right in front, like like especially when the bell just rang, I'd be like, and then be like, oh, that's like like if I had shorts that like were still poking out a yeah. little bit. I would take a binder and like walk. I would kind of like do a butt, a little butt in thing, like where I'd put my butt like a little in, and then I'm like kind of walking until it start. And then I'd put the binder over that area. Yeah, yeah. Until like I just it. sit in God, my freaking desk must have until been just like, like it's gone. Yeah, wow. I'll just wait till the storm. Yeah, I probably should have. I, I was like, I just pop, I'd pop up, but man, yeah. There's, I think sweatshirts the best way. It's like. Because you have a bigger sweatshirt, you could just tuck it right true, over for a little true. bit, and it's like it hides it for a little. The book theme works too. Yeah, it does. But it man, does. yeah, game. Because like you think about all the bullying too, especially back in that day. Like, mm-hmm. y- well, I, I maybe it could be worse nowadays because it, it could be worldwide your embarrassment. But like, 
Man, if you're like, you had one bad day at school and everyone knew about it, it's like that stayed with you until you left that school, you know? And it's just like, man, I'll never forget. Like, I get bullied about anything. You know, wearing wearing uh, a Lion King shirt that was green that my mom made me wear as a kid. You know, I got bullied by, like, Cholo cholo girls. It was weird. Like, I got I got teased more by Cholo girls than anyone. Mm-hmm. It was weird. But, it, um, yeah, I'd get bullied for, for anything, for my weight, my ethnicity, you know, having acne as a teen. Um, so yeah, you, you go through a lot. I think it's just the development of yourself, you know, like, cause you're trying to, you're trying to figure out who you are. Plus you don't really have a choice of directions where you're going in a sense. Like you have to go to school. You have to do things in a routine as a kid. Right. But when you become a young adult, you have that freedom to technically make choices in your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether good or bad. Yeah. In, in school you're taught like, no, you only make good choices. Like I'll never forget. I got, I got a huge, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Like it was, a, it was a. We were in third grade, and I got in trouble because I was a partner in crime with my friend Doug Woji again. Give you another shout out. We were friends, and uh, he had a crush on a girl named Winter, and he wrote something like on her shoe, like with a sharpie. And I can't even remember what it said, but like he did it because he had a crush on her, and I'm the guy who was like <laughs> hanging out with him and like telling him to do it. You know, like I was like, yeah do it like you like her write whatever you want the girl took the wrong way got upset started crying that he wrote on her shoe and both him and i got in trouble with the school what, as what third he, graders what did he write i don't even remember probably something stupid like just drawing dicks you know like, well, <laughs> like a super bad. i don't think it was dicks but he, 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 drew, he wrote something and it it affected her and she told on the teacher that was the thing about girls too it's like they would just tattle on you for anything so it's like you're always a bad guy. I don't know. What I find uh, interesting about, like, because I, I got bullied a lot, too, is, uh, like, t- in today's age, they're always talking about, like, uh, it feels like you want know, cancel culture and also, I know we, we bring this up a lot, or I bring this up a lot, but cancel culture and then also just, um, like, race seems to be a, a topic on everything these days. Mm-hmm. It, it's so funny because, like, I got bullied for, like, all the things that weren't racial related. And then, like, I, like, you know, it may not be the case for, for someone like you. It might have been, there might have been racial related, right? Mm-hmm. But like a lot of racial related. So that, like, I mean, people don't even. I don't even think people mainstream nowadays realize like this was like so popular back in the day. Oh yeah. And saying ching chong like yep. all the time, but I don't see it ever anymore. Like ever, you know. So maybe once in a blue moon, but I would see that daily growing up as a kid, and it wasn't even like from one person. I'd be walking the halls. Everyone's doing that to me, mm-hmm. and at it came to a point where, like, I didn't take it defensive anymore. I'm just like, you're insecure with yourself, and I'm just going to move on. Like, you're not going to be my friend, obviously, so because yeah. my friends wouldn't do that to me. But, yeah, man, like, I, I'd walk halls, and it's, like, literally one after the other, ching chong, ching chong, because I'm the only Asian kid at the school, right? Yeah. So and I feel like that's going to ch- – so, like, think oh, about I love that. public school. That's going to go away. I know, right? <laughs> so, like, with, like, cancel culture and, like, making kids – think about that now they're gonna which is a good thing they're gonna stop doing it but what is gonna replace that where kids because a lot of kids are just acting out because they're insecure too right they're like like mm-hmm. the way i look at all the bullies that like picked on me is a lot of the times it was just straight insecurity that they were going through yeah and it, they were picking on me because of my insecurities and so i look at and I'm, it's not like i'm i'm trying to be passive or anything like you know to me they they did a lot of psychological psychological damage but you start replacing that so like get, getting rid of ching chong and like all the asian stereotypes mm-hmm. And even with African-Americans, and you can keep going with, with every uh, race, but, like, what's going to replace that? Do you know what I mean? Like, what are – because kids aren't perfect. Like, kids 
kids are going through a lot of like hormones and emotional things and they're also reflecting what the bad stuff that's happening at home so what's going to happen what's going to take the place of that what kind of bullying is going to be the do you know what i'm saying like yeah there's always going to be it's a bullying, of bullying of the future yeah, yeah there's always like, going to be ways to bully people right it's just like pointing out the differences like the imperfections right but if we continue to be in a world where like uh imperfections are like common like people enjoy that like that's what makes us unique as human beings mm -hmm. i think that's when we make a shift to like in a sense like have better a better world for our, our younger generations coming up is like when we can diversify ourselves and make ourselves so unique to the point where like you really have nothing to make fun of that person about and if you do you're actually the outcast from everyone else like that to me is going to be a great world to live i in. think that's what's shifting because i'll talk to some of the young generation and mm -hmm. i'm like i'm almost amazed by them a lot of times where i'm like whoa like there's yeah, a lot well, of times i think ecstasy helps with a lot of that <laughs> accepting too but. i feel like People, like, the new kids bullying now is, like, bullying kids for not being hip. Or rich, materialist. Yeah. Like, you don't have certain material. Yeah. Very much like South Park, you know? Like, yeah. did you get that new Pokemon toy or that new video game and yeah. try and keep up but with like, your friends? But, like, not being with the trends or, like, not knowing exactly. what the cool songs yeah, like or so what TikTok. That would probably always yeah. be TikToks. relevant yeah. Yeah. Man. to whatever the generation I'm, is. I'm forever in the you're going to get bullied department because... Oh yeah, I, I I don't know the new trends. I just I, I like my country. I like my metal, and that's about it. Well, that's we're all, all getting at the age where we're like, well, we're too old to give yeah, a shit about that stuff anymore. <laughs> that's not music. At this, <laughs> at this at this point, it's like, I think at this point we're getting to the age where, well, at least with two of us married, when you guys start popping out kids, uh, oh, God, it's gonna be gonna like be the movie Grown Ups, where everyone's like, yeah, we're badasses, and then you're gonna be like Adam Sandler fighting. Stone Cold Steve Austin at some eighties party in your backyard. Okay, you're saying okay. That'd be so cool. <laughs> Wait, wh why is that yeah. not cool? I no, it is. I'm saying that. I mean, why, let's get there. So you two that are married, start working on that shit so we can get there. Okay. Yeah, so we can have. Stone I'll Cold be the David Austin. Spade character. I did buy a lottery ticket today. I was feeling quite lucky, so we'll see. Oh, <laughs> you have to be like, you have to be like beef. You're like, I'm winning the lottery. Yeah, I'm winning I'm, the lottery. I'm winning. Yeah. I've been told I'm going to. Yeah. You, you hey nightmare how about you that's part of his yeah, insane my asylum program <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna uh i'm gonna i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the same path as our reflection and i'm gonna make myself go last so yeah. uh I mean, that makes you third for yeah. your uh your your quote here yeah definitely so i don't really have a quote but like i kind of go down youtube rabbit holes mm -hmm. uh you know this is i don't like i'm kind of echoing what you said g about like I'm not the most avid reader, but I, I follow stuff on uh, YouTube. But one of the YouTube rabbit holes that I consistently fall down is uh, Flat Earth and Flat Earth debunking. Yes. <laughs> and one of the one of the main channels I follow is uh, Simon Dan, and he every week he does um, a Flat Earth video where he just debunks it. Like like he'll he'll have post a, he'll record a Flat Earth video or take a Flat Earth video. And then play it, and then every time something happens that like the flat earther says, like you know you can't do this, and he stops the video and it just cuts to him. He's like, you can do that. Here's how you do it, and he he does the experiment or like explains. He like cites cites experiments that prove that it does the thing that the flat earther says it doesn't do. Mm. Just today he posted. Um, uh, go back. Um, there's a really famous flat earther named Eric Dubay. He's like a conspiracy theorist. Like he thinks he's like the smartest person in the world. Kind of, kind of like he's real. The way he talks is super smug 
and it, it just makes you want to punch him in the face. But he uh, he put together like this documentary the, about flat Earth mm-hmm. and like explaining. He it. believes it's flat. Yeah, he believes it's flat. Well, there's a lot of also like conspiracy of the conspiracy theorists that like say that they don't actually believe it. They're just trying to con ignorant people into giving them money, yeah. which is that's next level conspiracy theorists right there. But uh, that makes sense. But Eric Dubay he posted this this um, flat Earth documentary with a couple other flat earthers. And Simon Dan has been like, he just posted a video today. He said he's gonna go through every minute of it, and every time that he says something, it, it he's, he's just gonna jump it. on it. And the best, the the interesting thing about flat earthers is that they repeat the same thing over and over again, even though people have debunked it. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's one that they they always do? So flat earthers will say the how to how to calculate the curvature of the earth that they say is eight inches per mile squared it's just something that they say they they can't like they don't know how to derive it they don't know how and flat earth debunkers will be like that that um that formula it's a parabola if you if you pull back enough that the curve it's a parabola it's not it's not a sphere so every time the flat earth says eight inches per mile squared you know that they have no idea what they're talking about it's it, it they, they're just ignoring they're ignoring every every argument that's been placed in front of them mm. another one is mm. uh, is a uh, water is water isn't love or water always finds its level and it, it's like no they, they say water doesn't curve and everyone's all the debunkers are like no it curves all the time you, you're just not looking at the right place it it's there's gravity like it's just crazy that they they believe this and it, they the head in the sand is is next level that they they won't listen to reason and they won't listen to like the science and people explaining it even non non-scientific terms they'll they'll give you real world examples like it's observably not flat mm-hmm. the world is not a flat uh surface and there's even ways you can do it without being scientific like they you you ask a flat earther do you, they don't even have a mod they don't have a model of a flat earth they just they they put they put forth like these uh, these um what's the word i'm looking for these like presentations that show what mm-hmm. they think what they think happens mm-hmm. but those presentations aren't compatible with other presentations to to explain different phenomena like one of the main ones um uh, I watched a guy named, his name's Professor Dave. He was a chemistry te- chemistry professor in, in uh, college, or in colleges, and he debunked um, a flat earth, the, they're called the globe busters. And what they had was, was like, so they had, they tried to explain seasons on a flat earth, and they tried to explain day and night on a flat earth. Mm-hmm. And the two models that they used were, that the flat earthers used were not compatible with each other. Like, one debunked the other it, it just didn't work it, it was it was just I find it, it was just glorious that people have like lifelong careers doing something like this where like even if they prove right or wrong like what does that do for that's one of the main things like what society is society or yeah. them yeah in so general? They, like how do you fund a project like who what idiots are funding these guys to to continue on with their work of like this bullshit you know like yeah. what a waste of 
it's it's crazy <laughs> effort, and, I guess you could say. And they won't even. The f- weird part is that they spend all this time and effort in just making YouTube videos and and like probably BS. Probably make a lot of money. Probably, yeah, but yeah. with BS experiments, but they don't do real experiments that would that would uh, prove that the world is not flat. Yeah. So anything they do, it doesn't even really matter. Yeah. At, at yeah. They'll wow. just be like. Like the w- the one thing that they do all the time, like it's it's notorious if you ever watch a flat Earth video, is that they'll be on the beach, and they have a Nikon camera, uh-huh. and they just zoom in on, they just zoom in on a a uh, a boat out in the ocean, uh-huh. and they're like, look, it should be over the over the curve, but I can still see it, and then it, and then it cuts. It's like, you know, just stay there, and <laughs> zoom in. And it'll go over the curve because every time you zoom in, you're bringing it back into focus. Mm-hmm. You're bringing it back over. You're bringing it back over the curve, but eventually that that thing's gonna go over the curve. But do you see how you're their customer? Yeah, and I definitely yeah, see. So like that's but I don't yeah, watch. Like, I don't watch flat Earth videos. I watch flat Earth debunking videos. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying though. Is like they work off. Still of creates a market for it. Yeah, they. Yeah. If they didn't exist though, you wouldn't watch. Would them it blow debunk. your mind if like all those guys were friends? No, it wouldn't blow yeah, my mind at all. Yeah, I, I, sometimes like I was no, thinking I about that. That's what I was saying. Like, it's a con- it, there's a conspiracy that the conspiracy is fake. We even yeah, even but like the besides the that... conspiracy, what about the guy that you like and you watch? What if he was just part of this whole scheme? Yeah, I, yeah, I I could totally see that. Because a part of that's me is crazy. like a part of me is like what G was saying is like I'll watch, like I'll watch people debunking them, and I'm like, you guys are just as pointless to me as the people. Like, why are you spending your effort? Even debunking them, like you know what I mean. It's it's already been proven. I, I think it's because there it's are to people. get money. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, to get money. It's like, like there's yeah. a market in but it it's for easy, them too. But yeah. it's an easy because it's well. But how are you said the to the get si- money? But science make, is the market. Like to we make learned it in third grade. Yeah, to make like, the, you know what I mean. But like, to make the video, to make the video is to get money. But you know, it's to get money, and then it's because there are people that are really believing this flat Earth BS, and if. But if, if there's no like, if there's no pushback, but if there's no pushback to people just putting out oh the Earth's flat and people start believing it. Well, the pushback is 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 what they learned when they were growing up in science, right? Like geography. But and these like, are grown and, grown ups that aren't in that aren't in uh that aren't in school that yeah, aren't but looking, but they're not looking up, but they're not it, looking up the the but experiments. But you still are and, taught like at a young age, like you know, it's the Earth has been proven to you know what I mean, like. But the the flat earthers say oh the government rules. The schooling and they're gonna brainwash kids, and you've been brain you've been brainwashed. Yeah. And I just find it. Flat, I just find like the whole like. The earth, the earth I find round. the most funny part about this whole like flat Earth versus like the people that go after them is I'm like, I feel like watching people that are going against them is like, it's no. I I don't know why they can't just pull out like a third grade book and be like, here you're done. Because they done. don't believe it. The flatters they say that. But, but even that it was like brainwashing. That's, that's kind of my thing is like government. That's my thing is like. Even then, it's like at this point, is this you could tell that these people, like what G was talking to talking about, it's like I feel like they're involved with, like they're in bed with these people because, because <laughs> they're like they know, because really what sells is negativity sells, sex, drugs, right? Drugs sells, right? Mm-hmm. Negativity sells. Like look at like the whole like May th- Mayweather thing that just happened with that Jake Paul thing. Yeah, like people yeah, will click on that stuff. So <clears throat> if someone says, oh, like if if uh, he took the guy's hat and it's like. 
Yeah. The yeah, biggest like, news ever. Yeah. Right? And biggest like, publicity. Mm-hmm. It was the worst <laughs> acting ever. He should have said. Yeah. He should have said the Earth is flat. That would have yeah. been better. Yeah, that would have yeah. been crazy yeah. too. But yeah. the other oh, thing Floyd too. Floyd Mayweather and reading. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather yeah. just starts I mean, like debunking. Yeah, Jake Paul is a, a fucking genius on marketing and building publicity. Oh, yeah. You know, but like a good a big comparison you could do is like cure for cancer, right? It's like. I guarantee there's a cure out there, right? But they're not going to do it because yeah. imagine how much money they're going to lose out yeah, you... on curing people, right? It's the same mm-hmm. thing as like yeah. if if that guy really debunks and those guys are like, you know what? You're right. He loses his business and they lose their business. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if I was that guy, right, yeah. behind the scenes, I'd be working out deals with I Yeah, I definitely don't think that it's a face value, face <laughs> value thing. I, don't, I want to say that. There's definitely – there's some willful ignorance. There's got to be some willful ignorance. Going on, I have no respect for people yeah. like that, man. That, okay, that's you brought up Floyd Mayweather, and do you remember him and Fifty Cent going at it? Oh yeah, for sure. Do, do you remember that? Uh, I remember him like having a book or Fifty Cent. Yeah, Fifty yeah. Cent, Fifty Cent challenged <laughs> challenged Floyd, <laughs> to Harry Potter. Floyd Mayweather yeah. to read a, one <laughs> one read read one page of Harry Potter, and I'll <laughs> donate five hundred thousand dollars to a charity of your. It choice. was a really great video. I yeah. remember like being like. And it, Floyd, it, it, it was ALS. It was a, it was ALS challenge. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. And he wouldn't do it. Yeah. And everyone thinks that Floyd Mayweather can't read. He well, it's can. a lose. It's yeah. a lose can. lose though. Yeah. Like, cause like if there's a whole video of him reading Harry Potter, it's just like I think yeah, honestly that would win. go viral too. Seriously, yeah, I want to like, see that. Yeah, it's, well, it's like the Jake. Paul he's been fight. working up to it for the last ten years. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's like the Jake like Paul fight. Why, why would memorizes? he fight that YouTuber? Well, you know, like it's a lose lose for Mayweather, in my opinion. Yeah. Like as a professional fighter. If money, you though, really now. money, right? Yeah. But it's like if you are really a true athlete to your sport and like you have yeah. a lot of respect yeah, for that sport, that. you would never stoop down to that guy's level because it's a lose lose for you as a champion. Yeah, I agree. Like don't you yeah. want to carry that legacy on. You don't want to ruin it like dude, he went like fifty eight <sighs> and oh whatever and then he lost to this YouTuber for ten million dollars. Well, that's what I want to see what happens. Well, because also Mayweather, what is he, like 40-something? Yeah, something like he's that. He's old. Yeah, he's that's like another 50, thing. Isn't pa- is Pacquiao fighting one of them, too? <laughs> no way. I feel like Pacquiao's coming well, to do something. Have you guys seen Jake Paul? Jake he's... Paul's gone pretty buff. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. big. Yeah, Log- he Logan's, the, Logan's the real one, I think. Well, Logan's like um, thin. Yeah, thin. that's who Mayweather's like, fighting. But, oh, he's fighting, yeah, he's yeah, he's fighting Logan. Logan. But Jake, okay. Paul, Jake Paul also wanted to get in on that. Shit. But he's like, Jake Paul's like I feel like Jake Paul took a lot of steroids. I don't Probably. know, because like you look at his size and you compare it, like they'll look at his back and I'm like, dude, he, I mean, you you could work out and it's get that pimply. size, but but he's just like loaded yeah. now. He got he got his pretty stuff. Yeah. Like the they're definitely athletes. Like they're yeah. definitely athletes. One of them was a wrestler. Uh, Logan, uh, I think Logan. Yeah, Logan was is, an, yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. I, I would body. love to see him in a UFC fight. That's what everyone fight. wants to yeah, say. Is like, why do you keep fighting these these UFC fighters? Like, oh, why, why, do you, boxing, why do you keep boxing? boxing? You need to either... Because get massacred, man. Yeah, yeah you either be, need to be, get into the ring or dude. into the octagon, or you need to fight a boxer. Like That would be like Conor McGregor a... fighting Floyd Mayweather in the cage. It's like yeah, Mayweather's going to get killed. Yeah. But, like, what was I going to say about uh, Conor McGregor and, and uh, Floyd Mayweather? McGregor got some hits in there, but yeah. Floyd Mayweather, just, he just danced around him and stung him a couple times. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, Coach, your turn. Yeah. All right, so my uh, my quote, or uh, it, mine's going to be a quote. It's actually going to be kind of a two-part quote because they go hand-in-hand hand here. Um, my One of my favorite uh, people, actually, I want to get all of his books so I can, so I can read them all, uh, is John Wooden, uh, the famous uh, head basketball coach for UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know... 
regarded as very uh, as one of the best, if not the best, uh, basketball coach, uh, you know, in the college game uh, for his success that he had at UCLA, uh, but also has um, just the, way, the, the the type of person he was and like things that he did and his uh, personality and his work ethic and everything. Um, but I recently found out, um, or I, I read that one of his favorite quotes, and I thought it was a quote from him, was actually from a uh, the Junto uh, founder, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, and the quote is oh, preparing man. to, or failing to prepare is uh, preparing to fail. And that was actually one of uh, John Wooden's favorite quotes um, that everyone wrote about um, come from Ben Franklin. And then mm-hmm. um, the my favorite, one of my favorite John Wooden quotes um, that, I, I mean, it's kind of, it's really hard to like pick some of his stuff because he has stuff that kind of applies to a lot of different walks of life. It, it kind of applies to uh, coaches and dealing with athletes. It applies to athletes and like their work work ethic or, um, you know, being somebody that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like even like the stuff that talks about becoming someone that you should be proud of or um, having to do with like, work ethic, it really ties in. You can kind of apply it to not just like a sport mentality, um, but even like the four of us, like, you know, the four of us could apply stuff like that to our work, whether it's in sales or, you know, whatever we're doing, uh, I just happen to be in coaching. And so like, you know, it kind of, I see it all the time and it's kind of a little bit of a self-reflection uh, for me in that sense. So um, one thing that I saw here, um, and it's kind of a, I don't use this quote outright with my athletes, but it's kind of a practice that I'd like to preach and I like to try to do. Uh, but the quote is, if you don't have to, if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it over? Um, and that's something that it's, um, it's kind of stuck with me because, you know, through coaching, you know, I get athletes in, I work with kids that haven't necessarily always been taught how to do things correctly. That's interesting. Um, yeah. And the process is always, is most of the time is a little slow at the beginning working with kids because, I want them to be able to have the fundamentals and do things correctly. Um, because in reality, it's like, I mean, the quote kind of says like for us, like once we get going in a season, like when fall comes around for a lot of teams in spring, like if, if we don't have time or if we don't take the time to do it right now, like I don't have time. I don't have, like the next time that I can do it over or take time to do it is probably a year from now because I'm, I'm not going to really be able to correct a lot of things, you know, once they get into season and, a lot of stuff. So it's like, I just like that mentality of having to like avoid taking shortcuts in order to get instant gratification um, and try and really focus on like what the goals are of your project or whatever it is you're doing mm-hmm. and really try and uh, hammer down doing it correctly the first time so that you don't have to spend extra time to come back and do it over, you know, or you don't have to make time to do something over because yeah. you didn't do it right the first time. Um, and so that's something that just kind of stuck with me, uh, because, you know, as I prepare programs for the summer, or if I think about other things like, you know, shit, if I, if I shortcome stuff, it's like, I could have just taken some extra time to do it right now, but now I'm having to go back and create more work for myself. I'm having to really, I'm really going against like what I preach and what I want to be as a coach and how I want to be as a better coach and a better person. So, um, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, I could go on and on about like John Wooden quotes and just stuff that he says about character. Um, he's obviously got his uh, um, pyramid of character or, uh, quali- or I guess it's qualities or 
I think is what they say of uh, what builds good character or of someone's character that isn't also an interesting read. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm using John Wooden mixed in with a little bit of uh, Ben Franklin tonight. That was a great it's a quote. solid quote. Yeah, that's great co- uh, co- quote, Coach. Um, you know, like when you said that, uh, it's the first time I've heard that specific quote. But man, it resonates so well with me because uh, when I work with <clears throat> beef in in IT, um, my job as a sales rep is to try and get if we're doing like a big, huge like refresh for server switches and, and stuff like that, like pretty much the whole back end infrastructure running a business, right? Um, if if I don't get that right the first time, there's going to be so many mistakes that like I have to fix and try try to remediate and and by that time it's already too late to go back to the client and ask for like more money or say hey we screwed up here like but you know you're going to get penalized for it due to our negligence or like not scoping this right or not taking the time to scope it out right <clears throat> so <clears throat> i'm a huge advocate about like taking the time i mean even in my like my role in my industry like i don't have a lot of time i there's timelines i have to meet right but i try to make the most of my time to make sure I, I, I dot my I's, I cross my T's, I, I, I try and get everything down on paper um, and make sure that the, there's full transparency within all parties involved. That's partner vendors, that's my team, that's the client. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's just the beginning of the battle. And then the next part of the battle is like having someone like Beef, my project manager, who helps me like stay organized, stay on top of tasks, making sure we're we're setting expectations and then also hitting those goals and those milestones for the client to make sure that the project is done uh, cleanly, correctly, professionally, and on time. And mm-hmm. like, and that's kind of like my my saying too with like clients or even just talking to my executive about my sales pipeline is like I underpromise and overdeliver, and I think like. That is what keeps me sane, and that it helps relieve the pro- the pressure off of my back a lot. Because I'll see some of my other colleagues where they're definitely overselling themselves, like they're they're overpromising stuff that's not committed, and then it bites them in the ass later because they promised something that they weren't a hundred percent sure was going to come through. And um, I've I've been there and done that too, and uh, I'm learning. I'm still learning day to day, like from my mistakes, and um, hopefully I can just get better. But that's something like I definitely totally agree with you, man. Because I mean, if you don't do it right the first time, guess what? You're probably going to spend even more time just trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. And, like, who wants to live like that, you know? I, I love that. So. I love that sales mantra, uh, under-promise, over-deliver. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It works great. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, In all walks of life. Well, people think, you know, like, I grew up where people, like, had this stereotype of, like, if I'm proud to be a salesperson, like, you're a sleazebag, you're a car salesman, <clears> right? <throat> and I always try to explain to people there's there's – there's many types of different salespeople, but to me, there's two. It, there's either the, the typical car salesman or there's going to be the consultant, and I'm the consultant. Mm-hmm. I'm, the, I'm not there to earn a paycheck from you. I'm there to build a relationship, show you value, and, and, and build, build trust. You get know? you what you want. Yeah, and make sure that I'm taking care of you because at the end of the day, what I mean, how can you even call them a client if really all you're doing is selling product, but like you're not receiving anything else other than like a thank you? You know, you're not building like a biz, a book of business with them. They're just there because you're. They know you're an easy buy. But if you're not offering anything of value, I mean, really, you're just a a, a middleman to turn around something. You know. Mm-hmm. So to me, I I have more respect for a salesperson title when you can actually like take a client on a journey and add value to their business, their life. 
because I don't only help their position and their business. I want to help their lives be less stressful. And by doing that, I can add value by, you know, in, uh, giving them free consulting advice on how to make their lives better. They don't have to necessarily buy something from me, but what I can do is help them give them insight on certain products that they may not have time to look over themselves, right? For and evaluate. Sure. So mm -hmm. I feel like you yeah. and my dad could talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> like that there's like an honor code with sales people like you know don't make a bad name for salespeople. like just because like you want to get a quick deal and a quick paycheck you know like don't i've i've learned over time man like if you if you're if you're honest with your clients and you're up front and you you're fully transparent like yeah maybe they'll be mad if you messed up but if you're honest about it they'll probably respect you a lot more just the fact that you did that because it's, it's uncommon right yeah so yeah sure. great well boys coach yeah. thank you I think, uh, I think that like all in all, I think we had, I mean, I think this definitely, um, this Junto question, origin question mm. sparked up some good shit. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think it brought out, I think it brought out a lot of good from, from all four of us actually. Um, so I'm actually, I was actually really happy about this one. I know when we, when we kind of planned this one out, um, I think when, uh, I think, uh, kind of, or I think when, I think beef actually picked it for this week, um, and when I saw it, I was like, I kind of already know what direction I'm going to go in because um, of the book that I had started to, to read again that I got from high, in high school. Um, so uh, I want to I want to have us go and transition into our next segment. This is a new one for us. Uh, I'm excited to see how this goes and where this goes. Uh, we have uh, Nightmare Fuel is going to go ahead and he's going to lead us uh, on our journey of this. But this segment is called am i the asshole all right yeah so there Take is it away, yeah, there is a famous subreddit uh called am i the a-hole asshole and it is uh, a collection of people that post situations uh that they got in and either that they don't know how they feel about it or they were scolded or um the people in in the transaction whatever it is they feel like they were scolded or called the asshole and they are taking to the internet asking, am I the asshole or is this other person the asshole? So I've so got... So we're playing the jury today. We're playing the jury. We're seeing okay. if... if uh, so on Reddit, uh, the the name for original poster is OP, the original poster. So I'm going to say, am I the asshole for calling my girlfriend a whore? So original poster, hey guys... My 19-year-old girlfriend and I, 22-year-old male, were hanging out today, and she called me a whore. So I asked, how am I the whore? And she replied, that's because your body count, which is around 20. I thought we were joking, so I replied, you're one to talk, considering your body count. You're the whore in this relationship. Since we were talking about body counts recently, and she stopped, and she told me she stopped counting after 50. So wait, he said. So to clarify, she called him a whore first. She called him a whore first. And oh, okay. He, he, he went back. It almost seemed like he called. She this called one, him this a whore. one's easy. Yeah, the way he yes, she it. she called him a whore, and then he went back. No, you're the whore, and she mm -hmm. stopped counting after fifty. But he he had twenty. He slept with. 20 he's people. he's at twenty. Body so, count. He means he's. They're referring to sleeping yeah. with people. So he he ends saying, "I would like to say I have no absolutely no problem with her number, and I would never judge her or make her feel bad about it." Anyways, after I said that, she got mad. I told her I thought we were just joking around and it was meaningless fun. 
but sh- I think she thought I was serious. Am I the asshole for calling? What if it was like? What if like it's all context as written? What if he? What if she was like, "Oh, you're such a whore," and then he's like, "You're a whore." Yeah, he gets all like, defensive. Yeah, and then he's like, "Am I the asshole, really?" <laughs> yeah. And then it's like him being. Yeah. I I don't think he is though. You don't think he's the asshole? Yeah, because like, yeah, no, he's not. Assuming that he was playing there, he was pl- like, who knows what the con like the. Like tone of guilty until tone, proven yeah. innocent. Or, yeah. Sorry, innocent until like, proven guilty. I feel like she's just a little defensive because that number's pretty high. You know, fifty. Yeah. Fifty at nineteen. That's hey. If you high. can't, if you can't, if you're gonna dish the shit, you ever take it. If you can't take it, don't talk it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. So I'm writing that down. Uh, that's gonna be my next uh, quote. Yeah. Can you say that again, just yeah. real quick? What's that? Say say it again. That was that was really good. What if you can't? If you can't take the shit, don't dish it. Yeah, something like that. But you said it really well yeah. earlier. Uh, well, like hey, good like thing. Rap. Good thing. Yeah. Good thing is we have this recorded, so we can go back. Yeah, and there you go. To it. Yeah. <laughs> so that one, that one was pretty. That, that was, was a one-time special by yeah. Coach, right there. That wasn't. That was probably the fastest one we did because it was so easy. It was yeah. like almost like jury. I like, like these our, ones because this is all unanimous. We yeah. Can, yeah, like, yeah, we can go through. Uh, I didn't. I didn't actually read this whole this whole one, so we can see how it is. So, am I the asshole? Yeah, am I the asshole for being angry at my parents for calling the office of the school I teach at? I am 26 and teach elementary school. I live a few states mm-hmm. away from my parents and have no family here. I've made sure they have points of contact with people here, and they also have my boyfriend's number. When my phone went to voicemail and text wouldn't deliver, they called the office of my employers, the elementary school, to, see, to quote, see if I made it to work okay today. I'm upset because that's my workplace, regardless if it's a school. I feel like it was inappropriate. There were other ways of getting into contact with someone who would know what was going on. So is this original did, poster? Did the, we need to know the timelines here. Yeah. yeah, did she say something, too? Did she, was she say anything to them? Or it doesn't I don't... look like she she said anything to oh, them. Oh, she's just saying I'm an asshole for being, thinking yeah, this for, is a for, bad thing. Yeah, for thinking it's a bad Wait, thing. Can you, can you say the beginning part, though, again? Like, when she went to school? Like yeah, so... Job? so when my phone went to voicemail uh-huh. and text wouldn't deliver, so they're trying to contact her yes. at work, mm-hmm. uh, they called the office of the school mm-hmm. and were like, did she make it to work today? Is she okay? See, but this is where, like, timelines are very important. Like, did she not answer all throughout the day during school? Because, yeah. like, yeah. obviously she had breaks. She had a it's lunch like three break. Weeks well, later. So it's like, yeah. yeah or, so or, like, let's... was it nighttime by now? or And then the yeah. next day? You know, like I think this why this is kind of a good one because now we can we can go. Is she the asshole? If if she waited forever, then is she the asshole? But if it was immediate, if they're like just spamming her, I don't. Spamming I don't think like one missed call and she the call. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I I mean I, I understand privacy and stuff, and but I don't think she, I I don't think the parents were in the wrong. They were just yeah, concerned. Yeah, and I guarantee I, she is an asshole. This girl was backstory. with very caring yeah. parents, and she's just being a brat. Yeah, because well, you could actually, especially in today's age, there's things like Life 360. Or um, find my iPhone, mm-hmm. where you, or, you know what I mean, where you could enable that and say, "Hey, parents, I'm here," and it actually has the ability where you can click a button and then it'll ping her, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, and it, and I guess like if she's not answering that, then like, and you know your parents are like that, like you, I w- the thing is, I'd rather have parents like that that care that much than yeah. not have parents that care. Well, that and much. it's like you're an adult. Explain, just explain the situation of what happened. Your parents were concerned. I mean, sh- I mean, oh, that's yeah, just life. I, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like. Don't be so prideful that you're you're that embarrassed that your parents care enough. Like, it's literally one of those situations. Like, be appreciative that you have parents, 
and then second be appreciative that your parents give a shit about you yeah you know it's like man screw that chick yeah okay so <laughs> so there's a backstory asshole yeah asshole but i mean there's so many things she did wrong here that she's an asshole yeah even yeah. if what's your parents too yeah you know, can they like, adopt yeah. me like hello yeah. <laughs> shit <laughs> I'll coach. adopt you. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. <laughs> I need a good burly hug. God, he gives yeah. the best. He gives the best ones. He does. I do. Coach, are you on the? Asshole I'm not, not going to even. Pre- I'm not going to even pretend. Uh, yeah, no. I'm I'm Coach, all aboard the asshole train. Woo 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 woo. I'm all aboard. Easy one. Yeah, yeah I don't think the executioner. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Give a little thumbs up. Thumbs <laughs> down. Yes. Yeah, are you not entertained? Yeah. <laughs> Fill my beer mug. <laughs> oh man, uh, Maximus Aurelius. Oh my God. Did you could you imagine if we we're like on thrones, like with you know the the robes and everything, and then like the peasant they come up and like that they have to display this and then we judge them. Am I the asshole? It's like Shark oh, Tank, but for are am I the asshole? Oh man. Oh dude. If you want us to keep going, right. I can. Yeah, let's do. I, I think... have a feeling. Yeah, like let's, there's let's so do, many people on here. That let's do. Uh, let's do at people. least one more. Okay. Okay. So, or t- yeah, just, or I just grabbed one that it looked. It was. It was short. And it wasn't too long. Uh, am I the asshole for telling my neighbor? Hey, oh, <laughs> telling my neighbor she should move her car. So earlier today, I was taking my trash bin into the side of my house, and the way mm-hmm. I have to do it is I have to bring them between a storage trailer and my neighbor's car which is just a couple of feet away away from it, that they never even use anymore. So it is extremely hard to not hit them, hit the car. Keep in mind, she has about 10 more feet of room to move her car around her driveway. And this, and this particular day, I accidentally hit her car with the trash can, scratching it a bit. So I went up to her. She was across the street uh, getting uh, mail from the mailbox and told her I accidentally hit her car and I apologized. She started yelling at me that I should have been more careful, so it kind of got me annoyed. I said sorry again and started to go back to my house until she yelled that I'm paying for the paint and to paint over it. Keep in mind, it was a pretty small scratch that wasn't even noticeable from far away. I turned around pissed pissed off at this point and started shouting back that it's not my fault she parks so close and I'm not paying for something that isn't even that noticeable. She called me an asshole for refusing to pay and that it was noticeable. I was thinking that when I was thinking that uh, I was thinking then that she was seriously overreacting, but now I'm thinking she didn't even see the scratch yet since we were across the street and she probably thought it was way bigger than it actually was. So this is, whole thing is, is she the asshole? Fault. Yeah. This whole thing is this yeah, guy's fault. He's from an start asshole. Yeah. He's the yeah. asshole? Yeah, 100% because it's like it's a public I street mean, too. Yeah. It's public. Like, it, you know what I mean? If you're, on, you're parking on a public street, like if they're well, not. Well, and he didn't have yeah. the courage to talk to her in the first place. It doesn't sound like he brought this up yeah. ever. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's and so yeah, he just expectations. went. The He's struggle. the asshole. Yeah, it's like, and and the. And the How do you not thing, know you're gonna hit a car? Okay, so yeah. that's one thing. I'm right? sorry. It's like like it's intentional. Not, yeah. Yeah. He's not moving at a high rate of speed, so it's like he could have <laughs> been can like, be careful. "Oh, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! It's scratching the car. No." Yeah, oh, he used to say he didn't do it because he was already pissed off at her. Right. Here's the other thing too: is like. He said, you know, it's hardly noticeable. Well, guess what, you fucking idiot? Like, it was noticeable enough for you to go over there and apologize to her. So who's the dumbass now? Of course, if you put yourself in her shoes, wouldn't you want the person to pay too? Yeah. Especially if they recognize they did the damage? Hello? Mm -hmm. Like, what world are you in, kid? 
I think yeah. the only thing is like I could see it as if like she was parked and because a lot of times when you put it on the street like that, mm-hmm. it's by the driveway and so, it's blocking the driveway. Yeah, so if she's blocking the driveway, then I'd be like, okay, I agree. Then she's wrong, but yeah. he didn't say that, so I like it, it's his is like he ranted so much that he was almost trying to justify. Yeah, he's really trying to justify. Yeah, it. whereas like man, you're. Her reacting I feel like that a lot way, of these yeah. people don't really have much to do with their lives. I also yeah. feel like they live in Irvine. That was an Irvine incident. <laughs> I swear, I swear on my life, I think that was an Irvine. Oh like, God. I just I have a vibe. Was, yeah. Keep in mind, she has 10 more feet. Move her car around her driveway. It's like, I'm trying to I mean, the best solution would have been he should have talked to her first and then been exactly. like, hey, I'll just I'm wait till I have room. And. You know, maybe she would have actually done it. I don't know. I mean, yeah. he would have a stronger case if he's like, I, I tried talking to her, and we tried, you know, tried negotiating, and I told her there may be a chance that this would happen, and here we are. You know, like, obviously, it's still he's still in the wrong in a sense, but mm-hmm. at least he attempted to try and talk it out with her, and then she wouldn't probably be this irate because, yeah. they, you know, he warned her about it. So, I don't yeah. know. People are crazy. So. Asshole. Well, the other, the other thing, too, is, like, I lived in a street growing up, where everybody parked like mm-hmm. super super close That's like true. gridlock so yeah. i yeah. like to me like i always laugh when i meet other people where they'll get like really butthurt about like oh my god this, they parked in our like like they're, like they're in big homes or bigger houses where they have like front lawns and stuff and it's like oh they parked in our front yard our, on a our public street. street yeah on a public street yeah. and i'm like y- you don't even know what it, it was like wow it was like crazy where i was lucky if i even got it so so to me when i hear that i'm like dude you Unless he lives in, like, one of those streets where, like, he has to work. Like, yeah. that's what I was trying to imagine. But even then, it's the way, like, it doesn't make a lot of sense that they would be even... You wouldn't put... On those kind of streets, you don't put your, uh, yeah. your uh, yeah. uh, what's that called? The the garbage bin. You don't put that on those kind of streets. So. The way it sounds like is that, like, her driveway is adjacent to the, like, the path he has to take to bring the mm-hmm. to bring the trash can up. So, like, if she had just moved her car over a little bit in her own driveway, then it would have been easier for him to take. It's called having a conversation with your neighbors. Yeah, exactly. But but even then, if let's say she didn't, she's doing nothing wrong. You know, like it's still on her driveway. Yeah. yeah, That's what I'm saying. I don't understand how he can't take out the trash can on his own. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It sounds like he needs to build a new fence and uh, make it possible to change. Well, they should have a picture too in this. (laughs) And he's an asshole. You know what I'm saying? Like they should have a picture that this kid definitely doesn't watch judge Judy. I'll say that. Yeah. Cause like if there was a picture (laughs) and gave like, here's the picture of what the driveway looks like him describing it. I mean, even trying to hear you read it was like, yeah, it was hard for you. Like I was like, I was trying to imagine in my head, you know, it's like, because it definitely says that her car is in her driveway. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. So it, mu- and it she must can be move one it of those over like, ten feet. It's like, well, maybe she has another car. Like, you know, like yeah, yeah. And especially if it's she's her driveway, she could do whatever she wants. Yeah, especially okay. if she's available, like, yeah, she's getting her mail. Like, yeah. hey, can you move this so I don't hit your car? It sounds like he did that on purpose, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, but just then, like, spiteful. why would yeah, this dumbass to... go over? The, like, yeah, that is a part. He's dumb. <laughs> yeah. Well. Asshole. <laughs> do we want do we want to do one more or do we want to go on to the next one uh i think we should just, we should we should go on like that was, all right let's was, move on good little okay. one okay i that was, that was actually, a good that was a good uh, uh yeah. i actually really enjoyed that yeah i still yeah. missed yahoo that answers but that was good oh yeah, yeah. r.i.p i think r.i.p yeah r.i.p i think we'll uh i think we'll be seeing am i the asshole uh yeah, a yeah, few more yeah, times I on the like podcast. It. It's yeah, definitely a good one. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll uh, do some more we'll... research and uh, find find some good ones. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> the booty holes. Well, good luck for our uh, for our last segment for the evening or for the week. Um, 
I'm actually going to have, I'm going to throw this over to Goichi to introduce it or give the description or kind of give the rules or give how we're going to go about this. But the last segment uh, is called, Are You Cultured or Just American? So Goichi, go ahead and take it away, my friend. Yeah, so in a sense, I'm just asking, like if I'm asking myself or my colleagues here, um, are you cultured or American? I guess in a sense, it it could be a double-edged sword where like, you could be Americanized and somewhat cultured in American culture, right? But for me, I'm specifically saying, like, as a, a, a Japanese-American born in the USA, I come from, like, a second, third generation line of, of Japanese heritage. And uh, for me, I you know, I consider myself to be way more Americanized versus cultured uh, from my Japanese roots. Uh, my brother is definitely uh, more Japanese and uh, in tune with, like, his Japanese spirit. Um, but I would say like, it's funny because people just run on assumptions. Like, uh, my, my job, like when I went to my final interview, it was a lunch interview with a a couple of other people and, um, they picked a sushi restaurant thinking a Japanese kid from Southern California would love sushi. And sushi is is like, sushi and poke are like the one things I do not eat. Um, but since then, what's funny is, uh, I've been, I've been way more open to eating sushi since I've been to that restaurant. Cause it was such a funny thing that I was like, you know what? I, I should just try sushi. It's not going to kill me, you know, and I've given poke a try. I'm not a fan of poke. I've tried it multiple Until times. Until it does. Embrace I've tried it. it in Hawaii too, and it's I'm just not a fan. But sushi, I've I've come a long ways uh, of eating sushi. But as far as cultured, like, um, for me, I, I, I told the guys I'm like a Twinkie. I'm yellow on the in- outside, and I'm white on the inside. Um, that's kind of how I was born and raised, which is kind of strange too because I grew up uh, uh, in uh, – a majority of uh hispanic area mm-hmm. so um i was a token asian so it was just it was an interesting time growing up and then my dad he grew up in a um in an area too with hispanics and he grew up working with other people who only spoke spanish so my dad actually speaks fluent spanish like crazy fluent spanish um just from like working those odd jobs as a kid so it's uh it's interesting to me because like my parents were never really focused on like being Japanese. They're more focused on like just uh, adapting, like just being American, you know, and like living that American uh, life, like ate Mexican food, ate hot dogs, hamburgers, um, Japanese food. So we always mixed it up in the house. But I think the one thing I always carried on from my Japanese heritage was like through my grandfather who never spoke a word of English uh, on my mom's side. He only spoke Japanese. And um, it was weird. Like we would as the the grandchildren and my brother and i we would get passed down wisdom from my grandpa even though he couldn't use his words the way he would teach us about things about like taking care of nature plants animals like he would get these uh blue jays from laguna and Aguil, and like he trained all of them to like come to his house and hang out at his house he would hold up peanuts and he would give us peanuts to hold up and the birds would come right to our hands and just chill with us it was amazing and um he taught us about that. He taught us about like patience, how to tie like rope knots, um, just like kind of like manly stuff, like Boy Scout stuff, you know. He he just taught us that, and um, even without having to use words, he taught me like the meaning of what it be what it takes to be like a hard worker. I mean, my grandpa came from nothing, you know, coming over here after the war and like um, and being in camps and stuff. Like he ended up making his own business in a nursery, raising. Um, what is it five four or five kids on his with his wife and uh having a nice home in laguna it's like 
he he defined all odds and like i respect that i I, uh it's something i try to live up to as far as like work ethic and taking care of your family um Mm. and then the other thing is like my dad um was a drill sergeant about mannerism and you know after like growing up and seeing the culture of like japanese people and how they're very well mannered i'm nowhere near their mannerism but my dad definitely um drilled it into my brother and i where like it's almost like automatic or robotic in a sense where um well it's yes please may i or uh thank you like i'll say thank you over and over again in the same like interaction with the person just because that's how my dad built me you know and um i appreciate that like at at first when i was a little kid i hated that because like he would always like embarrass us and like get really mad and kind of just kill the mood you know as a kid because as a kid you're like you want to have fun and i'll never forget like when my brother and i would horse around which we did a lot like my dad would get really upset and like you know tone us down and um it it would upset me at that point but like growing up now i see it i'm like i appreciate it because it instilled like good manners for me and it it's helped carry me a a long way because i have a sailor mouth you know but uh (laughs) when it comes to like being professional or in the business world like those manners carry me a long way um especially like even with opening doors people will joke with me all the time saying like garrett did you get a new job because like you're you're pretty much the door monitor and you know i just to me it's like i it's just in my nature i'm not just trying to be a good person it's just like i do that i just open the door for people sometimes like if we're in a group group setting and we're all in a car if there's a woman in the front seat or the back seat i'll try and open the door for them whether it's my wife or another woman you know like i just you try to be a gentleman that's what i was raised to be and also like when i went through my college fraternity um they were big it was surprising enough they were big on like you treat women with respect you know you treat them right and uh, it's a reflection of who you are as a, as a man you know is how you treat the woman and, and the person beside you so yeah so true okay so i'll go ahead uh, you want me oh, to pass ahead, it off you. coach okay yeah go yeah you go yeah you pick someone i want to see you go all right i'll popcorn it to uh it looks like nightmares giving me the eye so oh, i'll popcorn yeah. it to nightmare yeah uh, when is he not I mean, yeah, <laughs> cameras are on. They caught it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm definitely American. I, I, it's just, it's. I've never been. I never done a lot of like world traveling. Um, I've had a lot of exposure to other cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my roommate is. Uh, his family is in, uh, in, uh, Indian. They're Fijian. They're Fijian Indian. And they, you know, I've been over to their place plenty of times and uh, had meals there. Um, they make a lot of uh, naan, which is like a kind of like a tortilla. Mm. And we, we eat with, you know, eat with your hands, kind of just Man, get in I there. Never be Indian. Yeah. <laughs> what about your grandparents? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got, yeah. you got, I, I have, interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm a mutt when it comes to uh, <laughs> my racial background. Like mm-hmm. uh, my grandfather uh, on my mom's side, it was full Japanese. He came here, or not Japanese. He's full Chinese. He came here when he was like two years old. Um, my mom actually had uh, said that he used to call himself, he, he, as you'd say, Twinkie. He called himself a banana. Oh, okay. Ye- yellow on the outside, white on the inside. <laughs> yeah, was, that's the first he, time I yeah, heard that one. He definitely took to the American lifestyle. Yeah. Um, he he lost his he lost his uh, ability to speak, you know, Chinese, Mandarin, or Cantonese. Um, my grandmother on my mom's side is full mexican hmm. uh my and my grandfather and grandmother on my dad's side um they were 
pretty much American. My grandfather's uh, father, I believe, came here from Lebanon. And so all those uh, racial backgrounds have culminated to me, and but I was not raised with any of it. I was just raised mm-hmm. as an American child, um, baseball, sports, uh, good manners. Um, yeah, it was... Uh, we'd, we'd occasionally do like Chinese New Year, trying to keep that alive, but that kind of uh, even that kind of fizzled out. Did you get out. the money at least? Got the money. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yes. Got the little <laughs> red, red envelopes. Little red envelopes, yeah. baby. Yeah. When I was a kid, <laughs> that, that, that was that was awesome, but uh, that kind of died down as as the cousins kind of got older and the family mm-hmm. kind of started moving away. My my mom's family kind of um, uh, dissipated a little bit. They kind of moved moved away or had their own lives that they wanted to, to do. But yeah, as as far as culture, like uh, I'm definitely a, an American. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't like I've again with YouTube YouTube uh, rabbit holes. I've I've been like reading or watching uh, Reddit posts and people discussing, you know, and hearing people talk about that live in like Europe or the Middle East and like the different cultures and how uh, customs are. And it's just it's some of it's sometimes it's a culture shock. Like how how they handle things and yeah. and, and uh, how manners there and manners over there different differ than manners over here mm-hmm. and it, it it's, it's interesting hygiene hmm? mm-hmm. Hi- hygiene hygiene, hygiene <laughs> definitely uh, but yeah I definitely say I'm American uh, raised raised American uh, I'm aware of other cultures and I try and be mindful but mm-hmm. it it is what it is. Yeah. I did, I yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I wasn't raised. I wasn't raised. I wasn't raised in a Mexican household. I wasn't raised in a Chinese household. I wasn't raised in a Lebanese household or an Irish mm-hmm. household. It was just. It was just the household. It was just. It was just. We we lived in America, and I went to school, and it was there was no like, special holidays that we celebrated, or, you know how it is. I'll never forget yeah. when I was little. I was like super proud to be Japanese, right? And then my mom. I would always say I'm Japanese. I would never say like I'm Japanese American. Mm-hmm. And at a young, very young age, my mom always said, "Be proud," and you state that you're Japanese American, and just make sure that you understand that you're proud to be American. So, and I, I am like I am proud to be American. There needs to be more of that now. Yeah. So I agree with that. Yeah, I'll pass it over to Beef. <laughs> what are you? Yeah, I'm <laughs> as white as uh, as vanilla as you get. Um, I you know what I think about when I was when we first talked about this segment. I want to just want to reflect. Is like. Uh, it is how um, the word cultured and how the word American is really subjective. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like a lot, yeah. like because it's like because it's like what what is American to me is like American is a country. Amer- how America was founded was all these states of different origins coming together from different countries and becoming one. So that that's its that's its genesis, right? The second part of of uh, American. So we're still on the uh, cultured or American. Um, is I would go, so I was bringing up how when you go to Mexico, uh, like Mexicali, there were, there's Chinese people there and they have like the most unique, but bomb in, yeah. Chinese, Chinese food. <laughs> the most unique bomb, but it's really good, but it's like really Spanish way of Chinese food. Mm-hmm. And so I bring that up because like, what is really American when you're defining it is it just like you know what i mean like is it just white people but then if you go to like other you go to europe there's white people there right so it's not it can't be white people so then what is really american to me it's like 
I don't I don't really think it exists because I think like as a society like you look at like cities like big cities like for example we went to London mm. and it was all these different cultures blended together where it was like just normal like it was just normal to have like Indian food on like here Mexican uh, or it was like Chinese food and then it was like Thai food and it was all these like and then it would be like an English place right it was so my thing is is like is and and all these and when you go into these stores it's not like like you went in an Indian place and it wasn't Indian people. It would be like a French person in in London, right? Yeah. And you go to and that's what I'm saying is like, is it really becoming like are we we're blending so much together in so many areas? Like, I think like what's happening is like from especially in America. I think America is blending the most because America on average gets like 50 million immigrants, mm -hmm. documented immigrants a year, and it's like that's wild. Where they're they're if you look at the next four countries. The next four countries can't or don't even they make up more than the next four countries on that yeah. list. So like they're blending all these cultures together. Whereas like you look at certain countries, I bet you if you go to like Sweden, it's it's like ninety eight percent white yeah. and they're keeping it the same way that where that culture still exists. Mm -hmm. So it's like, but even when you go to Mexico, like I know so many people that they've gone down from the United States to Mexico mm -hmm. and they're gonna change. Like um, I was talking to Loris's family or my wife's family and what. Like there are areas in Mexico where it's like Orange County or mm -hmm. Southern California, where it's a ton of white people in this neighborhood, and it looks like, and it just goes to show you that, like, I think I think that's what's starting to happen. Is your is is it really? Are we is it culture American? Or are we just starting to every all these different, uh, you know, groups are spreading out? And the funny part is, think about your family. You talked about okay, I was you know Japanese American, but then like. His family's the best example where that's going to be like the norm, where it's all these like yeah. different like mixtures. As long and as you that create keeps your own name. culture at that point, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. and that's what's wild is like, what's what mm -hmm. will be the culture in five generations from now, right? Like, yeah. you know we, what I mean? Who knows? But it, what's interesting too is what you brought up is like you take Japan for example, right? Like the the interesting about thing about Japan is like they're trying to keep and hold on to their traditions and the uh, way preservation. They do yeah, yeah, because even when like uh like let's say the caucasian people go over there right most of the time they're trying to learn a trade out there like they're trying to learn uh kanji like or they're trying to learn like uh welding you know or the art of like both the art of like bonsai um so it's interesting it's like even like the new generation out in japan like the younger generation isn't interested in the old like japanese tradition it's dying off like we have like my my old school like uncles that are part of like it, it's kind of interesting like the bonsai world is kind of like uh, like a softy mafia type of world where like there's different bonsai masters and my uncle is one of them from my mom's side and um, he's like well known around the world like for bonsais and like my it's what is bonsai to explain what bonsai is pretty much like uh, uh, a unique looking bush I would say it's it's pretty, oh, oh, okay. it's pretty okay. much okay. one of those like, plants they come in all shapes and sizes all types of designs um, but it's pretty much a plant that you curate and you take care of and uh, it, it lasts a lifetime, but you you tend to you take care of it and you treat it as like a, a life being. You know, like the Japanese saying is everything uh, everything in life has a soul and it has a purpose. It has it has a, a feeling to itself. So like when, for example, when a Japanese person drinks water, and they're going back to old school traditions, like they'll thank their water for like being there and giving them like you know the the water itself like in a way like japanese look at it as like the water sacrificing itself to give them you know the the 
the hydration to to stay alive so or like they'll thank like the plants on the earth and like they'll walk without shoes on right like in like they're very intertwined with like the world around them and the environment around them and they appreciate like from what i've seen like they can appreciate anything like when you go to a park in Japan, and I've never even been to Japan. This is, like, stories from my mom, my aunts, and uncles. It's, like, when you go to a park in Japan, like, there's dudes cleaning, like, the pond. There's dudes cleaning rocks. Like, you'll never see something like that out here in the U.S. where, you know, we're really cleaning up our park. We're making sure there's no gum under the chairs or something like that and mm-hmm. no trash on the ground. And, like, that's something, like, uh, definitely Jap- Japanese people take pride in themselves. Um, but, it's yeah, it's just interesting, like, Pretty soon, if there's no interest in, like, the old-school traditions of, like, how the Japanese did things back in the day, I mean, it's going to die out, and it's going to it's gonna create its own type of culture eventually with yeah. that new generation coming up. And, and there's so many things with fusion, right? And, yeah. like, to me, like, people think, oh, fusion is bad because you're going away from your culture. But, like, like, our generation growing up, especially, like, the Eddie Wongs of the world, if anyone doesn't know who Eddie Wong is... Uh, he's a guy based out of New York. He's r- written a book, but he's pretty much like a, you know another uh, first, second generation of I, I believe Chinese coming over here to the states. Uh, I think he was like either in Texas or Florida, but anyways, um, he comes from a family where he was kind of like the the, the Twinkie here as well, and he had to develop like um, his own skill set to adapt to like the American culture. And he talks about like his journey going through that, and um, he he himself talks about like Asian fusion and like all these different culture of fusion foods and i think it's great i think it's really cool when you could when you could bring like different type of culture like ingredients and foods and you can make like even better food out of it mm-hmm. like i love it so mm-hmm. I, I at the end of the day it's to each his own right but uh yeah it's, i think it's cool what about like you ever thought about this like so all the stuff that you mentioned about the job being japanese traditional uh-huh. but you look at like like every culture that that we look as historically is written down was at one point couldn't they have been a fusion too do you know what i mean like could they have you know what i'm saying like i know it's kind of like trippy to think about that way but like but like to you like you're like oh i'm japanese Mm -hmm. and like to to you know uh, my wife and and your Mm -hmm. your background of of chinese and and, uh, mexican right but then if what if like we went back to that time like we go back like 200 years and then it they're like Mm -hmm. even before that there there was more i guarantee there was and it just makes me think well you think about uh, rice right like the different versions of rice well, where, where did noodles? rice where did rice start from? Who know China? I don't know. No, yeah. it's Middle Italy. East. Oh yeah. So, like, see, isn't that wild? Like yeah. by then, yeah, that's like or like they, noodles, the Silk right? Road. Yeah, exactly. So it's like to me. So to me, like I always think about like w- right now we look at what is pure or we not pure, pure is a bad word, but like you know what I mean. Like the only time I think you could ever keep it like traditional uh-huh. is, and I, I hate to say this, but like you. You stay the same race, you know. You breed with the same race, you know. Absolutely. But even then, that, but like at the individual level, like, you know, I, I could be, let's say I'm like a hundred percent Swedish, like, I may not still adhere to the culture, right? Like the to the the values of that. And then I might like if I grew up in a different area, like where I was raised around a bunch of like, you know, English people. I'm going to take the 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 values of, or not the values, but the, maybe the, the etiquette and like mm-hmm. the etiquette scene all that. So that's what I'm saying is like, it's so interesting to me when you talk about cold, people talk about culture as they're so proud of it. And so, so I'm like, you, the only thing you should be proud of is like what you like, because like what you said about fusion, yeah. you should be like, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And that's all that really matters. It's like who you are. It's it's like, in- yeah. yeah. It's interesting you say that. Cause like, I know if I was raised in Japan from a child, like as a child, like I would most likely marry a Japanese woman. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that 
there is a limited quantity out here of Japanese women that, you know, I didn't really have the cream of the crop or pickings or anything like that. Like, I think in my lifetime, outside of my family, I've met two, maybe three Japanese girls. That's it, mm -hmm. you know? And um, if I grew up in Japan, I most likely would have been instructed probably by my parents to marry a Japanese girl because the other thing with Japan is like they're they're losing out on their population like it's dying off at, as it continues on because uh, the younger generation is so focused on work and like whatever else they're doing in their lives mm -hmm. they're not reproducing and so like and then also like people like me where I'm not remarrying like Japanese you know I'm, uh, my wife's uh, half Chinese, half Vietnamese. So yeah, you're a I, threat to the Japanese <laughs> bloodline. Pretty much, like I'm not yeah. supporting that. But yeah. it also goes back to like, if we went to war today, like let's just say we went to war today against Japan, who would I support? I would support America. Yeah. Right. This is my home. I support mm -hmm. Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's out there now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you always have to. Well, have your if, eyes. Ma if Max gets a knock on his door in the middle of the night. So you guys, you guys yeah. are lucky. Well, actually, coaches and is lucky. You guys, like, you could be like, claim me. Yeah. You know, like you could if like if something look hits it, a fan, look shit it. hits a fan here. Look shit it. hits a fan here. You could be like, please claim me, and like you know what I mean. Like I have nowhere else to go. Like this is it. This is the end of the line for a coach and I. You're just knocking on Poland's door. Yeah. Let me back in. Just, and, and like that's what I always laugh at. My 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 uh, dad will always talk about like they always talk about racism in America, and then like mm -hmm. we're a melting pot of all the stuff happens. So of course you're gonna experience. Like you were talking about you growing up, mm -hmm. you, like you're going to. It's clashing, so you're gonna feel that. But, but my dad, I can hear it. The the clashing. So, so like what I find interesting is like you look at you look at like Germany and you look at Sweden and you look at Switzerland and you look at all those countries. It's like ninety eight percent, ninety nine percent white still. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. It's, like, it's extremely like, yeah. but no one talks about how yeah. that's not racist to me. I agree like, with you. Yeah, I bring it like, up all the time. Like, like we're our the white population <laughs> is decreasing here. It's but, like at fifty-seven percent now, or something. Like yeah, that. and it's like that's what's odd is like, well, like I'm not saying that makes. I'm not again. Like we go back to that stats quote. Yeah. Like, and I'm just saying like if the only way you're gonna get less racist is it is having more diversity, and then there there is a step forward into okay melting pot clashing and all that. Mm -hmm. But like <clears> if you're consistently keeping ninety-seven percent. I mean, my grades weren't even that good, so it's I like know, that's right. like that's like you're, you know what I'm saying. You keep yeah. the numbers that good. So, um, but yeah, yeah, end ran on that one. But, uh, Coach. Yeah. Yes, gonna, sir. How, uh, how American are you? That just shows how big of an influence social media is. Because I feel like we're the capital of like fucking social media and and uh, you know political propaganda and all that stuff. You know, like yeah, like mm -hmm. we we're just racist everywhere. Like you walk yeah. down the street and it's like you get all this right. You're like waving and someone just says something racist to you and then you wave again. And you're like that's that's how it's. Don't you guys feel that way lately? It feels that. It's always like that. Like I just feel like nowadays, everyone I think I, I think I was deemed racist by saying thank you. What? Wait, what was it? Oh, sorry. I, I think I, I think I was pretty racist when I said thank you to somebody today. So <laughs> was, I think it was just because I'm white, though. So I said thank you, and I was like, yeah, well, you're, you're ignorant. I was, I was pretty, I was pretty racist towards that person right now. <laughs> Can't have your cake but, and eat it too. I would say, um, as uh, what nightmare you asked, how American am I? Am I? Uh, I would say Toby that Keith. I'm both American. Yeah, I bleed red, white, and blue. Um, I would say that I'm—I mean, I'm American, but kind of similar to like Nightmare with his stuff. Like I'm, like I'm aware culturally because, like, because of us growing up in Southern California, we have a lot of things around us. Like, 
we have uh, different cities that are have like higher densities of certain populations. Um, and I feel like you're kind of exposed to that, uh, to at least to a certain standard that otherwise you're not exposed to that. And now that I'm living somewhere else, I would say, yeah, there's there's like some of that stuff out here in the Midwest, but I'm like, it's definitely not the same as like Orange County, like having Vietnamese, Chinese, Japanese, Taiwanese restaurants, uh, Korean stuff, Mexican food, uh, you know, whatever. Women, weed, and weather, buddy. Yeah. That's what. There's just yeah, a lot. There's just like, a lot of mayonnaise out there, right? Yeah, I mean, a lot it more is, mayonnaise. And there's here. a lot of it's a lot of mayonnaise and a lot of Miracle Whip. that's what's odd is Uh, like you what you talked about that mixture is have you guys noticed though that same mixture in every big city exists like every big city in all throughout the united states like united states mexico like if you go anywhere even they talk about hong kong Mm -hmm. right hong Hong kong Kong. japan i bet you like there's cities where it's so like it's so mixture like it's a melting pot why are all the big cities like you know what i'm saying like there's work there i think it's because it's popular they just people yeah. Fall, like, yeah, just people like, like it's, but it's safe. are they it's moving safe. towards more of acceptance? Like are big cities moving to more like LA, right? LA is known as like the big one of the biggest melting pots, right? Mm-hmm. Are the big cities of the world actually pushing for this new movement of more acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. You know, are they yeah, like maybe. as much as we we dog them for like okay, it's horrible to live there, or you know, they're that we don't agree with the policies that are being conducted there. Like, are they, they pushing, are big cities the reason why we're pushing towards a less racist world? Like, I, I think, I kind of think about like, cause every time I visit a big city, I'm like, whoa, like, like New York city was like crazy to me. How yeah. many, how many like races I saw and how many different people London threw me off the most, uh, Manchester. It's, it's hard to compare and, uh, New York in my opinion, or like California, like especially LA mm-hmm. because like it's destination spot. Yeah, well, that's what I like Chicago. I mean, I could keep going on the city, Chicago, Seattle, but it just—it's so wild. Where I like see, I'm not saying like I see all the same races, but you're seeing like really a lot. Whereas if I were to go to like, like the big uh, group of Asians Indiana, for example, out, going like this, taking pictures, they're not from there. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, like, well, you, have vis- you have like... visitors too, but but like you have like Seattle's a great example. It's a lot, a lot of Japanese people have moved True. over there, but like you, the mm-hmm. more I go to big cities, the more I'm like, whoa, like there's so mm-hmm. much diversity. And I, I just I find it interesting that. It's like that. Whereas yeah. if I were to go to Indiana, take for instance, like you're yeah. not you're not gonna see that, right? Yeah, like, I think it's because people like to keep it. If I'm gonna keep it American, people aren't moving to Kansas to you know they're not their dream isn't to you know grow corn true. and mm-hmm. and become a corn farmer. And for the most part, I'm sure there are some people out there that want to do that. Mm-hmm. And if they want to go mm-hmm. to like if I want to expand it to globe globally, you know. People aren't moving to China to be like, I'm going to go to the rice paddies. I'm, that's my dream. I'm yeah. going to go to the rice farm. They want to go mm-hmm. to big city where there's a bunch of opportunity. There's it's, it's modern. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not third world. So that, that's why I find it interesting is like Mexicali, for example, is not a big mm-hmm. city, but you go there and gigantic Chinese population. Yeah. But I, you go through Mexico and that, that you could point that out in the United States and a lot of areas where in random spots, it, it, there's probably a lot of history that, that goes with this. But, you know, where they've dispersed. But for some reason, they, like, they migrated to that area. And there's probably a histor- historical reason for that. Mm-hmm. But I just find it, like, odd that, like, why are, like, the big... I mean, what I was bringing up about, like, American, like, or culture is, like, if the big cities continue to grow and disperse more, they're dispersing this fusion of 
right? Like, so if like you're going in and you're like, well, I'm taking my Chinese family here and then there's, there's a Japanese family going there and there's a Mexican family and there's a white family and there's a black family and then you just keep going and then it just keeps melting and then they spread. Mm-hmm. You're creating this different race. You're creating this like a whole, like, yeah, a, you know, yeah. a new, a new, a new line of, of, you I'll know? say from what I know from just Asian in general is our ancestors came here or like our elders came here to just make a life for themselves mm-hmm. and, and survive in any way possible. They did not give a shit about like we're accepted here or we're not. We're going to live here and we're going to try and make a life here no matter what. As much hate or racism as they get. I mean, my grandparents were told by their real estate agent, you know, I don't think the neighbor, the, the community in this neighborhood would appreciate you moving here because it was a majority white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But did they listen? They didn't care. They moved there and they ran their mm-hmm. own like business, you know, mm-hmm. because like they they were about they didn't care about who their clientele would be. They just knew they had to try and survive like it was kind of like survival mode. So where do you go? You go where it's most populated, especially if you're trying to start up your own like, um, you know, plant nursery or you like for for me growing up, it was like plant nursery or like a nail salon or some like odd, like odd off like shop or like liquor store, you know, so um, yeah, the survival. Pretty yeah, much, why, yeah. Because really, like my elders, anything I hear, it was never about them. It was always about creating a better future for your your gener- future generations to come. Mm-hmm. It was always never about like creating a level. At least like from my Japanese heritage, like I always said, like I always joked around, like I was never the smart Asian kid in math, typical smart kid Asian in math or school in general. I never came from like rich Asian parents. Like I don't even know what that means to me. Like I've been around other asian like wealthy asians but i never grew up wealthy at all you know Mm -hmm. like if anything we're middle class and i'm not complaining because i had a great childhood but we struggled i mean there was nights where like my dad denied us from like getting going out to dinner because we didn't have money and like that was like a real shocker to me as a kid because you don't think like that you know you're not thinking about like um you know like how's how's the money cash flow like for you dad you know, do we have enough in the bank? You don't think about that as a kid. Yeah. But it's a shock, man, when you're like, dad tells you, you don't have enough, the family doesn't have enough money to buy dinner. Like, that blew my freaking mind. And that, that I mean, that went on for like a couple months, maybe a year. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's like, my definitely my parents and like their parents before them, they all, all they cared about was uh, putting food on the table or creating a better life for mm-hmm. their children. That was it. Like my dad's parents, it wasn't necessarily about giving their kids a better life. They just wanted to make sure that they could take care of their kids and put food on the table. That was bottom line. Mm-hmm. The rest mm-hmm. is like up to you. Like you guys have to try and survive on your own. So yeah, interesting on yeah. how people's cultures are. Yeah, absolutely. Well, boys, uh, I think uh, I think that today, or I guess tonight, that we definitely uh, brought up quite a few uh, good points, and uh, I definitely think that we were able to uh, that we were able to have probably I would say probably one of the most fun podcasts that we've had since we started this. Uh, and it's uh, I, as as always, I I look forward to my Fridays not only because it's the end of a week. But I look forward to my Fridays because I get to spend time with you guys and Yay. we get to discuss everything. And um, it really it really does bring it really does like bring some like shine on my Friday, knowing that I look forward to like getting to get off work and come hang out with you guys on here. So um, I think that's- thank you for joining us for tonight's episode. You can always catch us live on Fridays at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch at Longwood Junto with no spaces. And just in case you happen to not 
catch the live stream on Twitch, you can check out a full video podcast on our YouTube page. If you liked any of our segments and you want to add to those, always comment and like on our YouTube and Reddit pages. And as always, thank you from all of us at Long Live Gentile.